Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel, and this is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. And here we are on a Thursday morning in Houston, Texas. Uh, we went ahead, and uh, after the news had um, become known to everybody about how devastating Hurricane Harvey was to this area, to the city of Houston and its surroundings, and, of course, to the Jewish community down here in Houston, we decided to come down from the New York area and uh, put the spotlight on this town and on the Jewish community down here and encourage our listeners around the world to uh, give moral support, strength, brotherhood, sisterhood to our family members and friends down here and, of course, to uh, financially support the situation down here. It's dire circumstances. The aftermath of the storm has left many people in very difficult situations. Uh, We have partnered with the OU. They are our presenting sponsor here today. And we encourage you to go to their website and and many other organizational websites uh, to support uh, the disaster relief funds that are designated for the Jewish community of Houston, Texas. We are beginning. We are starting with Ellen Cohen. Ellen Cohen is here. She's a city council member, mayor pro tem here in Houston, somebody who you may recall we spoke with back in 2015 uh, when we were down here after the Shavuos Memorial Day flood of that year. Ellen, welcome back to JM in the AM. Well, it's nice to be here. I'm sorry it's under these circumstances. I wish you'd come in here for something, you know, really positive. Yeah, that would be that would be a good idea, actually, to come down for a nice celebration or a good occasion. But uh, actually, this is in some ways a good occasion because we've been encouraged by our supporters and listeners to come down and to um, and to uh, give strength to the community whenever possible. And in addition to that, to encourage people around the world who care about this community. Uh, to give as generously as they can to the Federation uh, a Disaster Relief Fund and all the others that have been set up um, to help with uh, supplies and with funds down here in Houston. L- let's begin on, on the city level to get a perspective of what this was like uh, during and the immediate aftermath of Hurricane Harvey. Uh, even as Houston goes, this was a historic storm practically never seen before. It never seen before, it, practically or no practically. It was never seen before. In fact, I think, and I may be wrong about this, but I think 15, 17 inches was one of the, you know, was about the, the most that we've had in a long, long time in terms of, you know, the kind of flooding. And this was 50, five, zero plus in terms of inches of water. It's unbelievable. Uh, hearing the statistics is one thing. You come here and you see the damage, and uh, it's something completely different. Um, so the city, which I guess to a degree is prepared for storms, uh, is completely taken by surprise, so to speak, by the volume of water and the difficult conditions that you just described. Um, I know that the Jewish community and a good part of the Jewish community is in the area that was hit. What about the city in general? Is there a way to determine what percentage of the citizens of Houston were affected directly by this storm, how many of them are displaced, etc.? Well, I think one way to look at it is the, the George R. Brown, which is our convention center. At one point, 
thought we'd have anywhere from 500 to 5,000 people. And we actually ended up with close to 10,000 people at that one site. Now I think we're down to about 1,500 at that one site. So in fact, we are moving forward. The biggest issue, as the mayor said, is housing, housing, housing. We've got to find places for people who have been totally decimated and have nowhere to go. Yeah, and that's a very serious situation, obviously. Uh, are there numbers? Do we know how many people are still displaced or don't even have any options, friends, relatives, to take them in? Well, I would say that the one number I just gave you, 1,500 from the George R. Brown, is one. Um, but there are several other, many other shelters, some small, one other one that's, that's fairly large. So I can't give you in terms of the thousands, but it is thousands of people that don't have any place to go. Ellen Cohen is with us. The um, impression in New York, and I would bet in many other areas outside of Houston, and I would bet internationally as well, is that the mayor and the government officials here did a really good job in a very difficult circumstance. Locally, how are people viewing the way government, local government is handling it? I, I have received nothing but positive comments from people telling me that they think our mayor has done an absolutely spectacular job in, one, keeping people calm, telling people we're going to be open for business. And although I know what you saw on the way in, and I see it all the time, and it does, it looks like we've, we're a third world country at this point in some places. In other places, in our downtown, in our midtown, businesses are open, restaurants are open, people are going to work. So the mayor has been able to say, stay calm, we're going to be open for business. At this, and, and yet, at the same time saying, this is what we need in Houston. This is what we want uh, FEMA to come forth with. This is what we need the state to do for us. Uh, and this is what we're going to do for ourselves. So I think he's established confidence in, in a lot of people. We're down in Houston, Thursday, JM and AM. Ellen Cohen, city council member here in Houston and uh, mayor pro tem in this wonderful city. Um, the outpouring financially has been significant. I'm sure not nearly enough, which we could talk about in a moment. But when you see from our own community worldwide the way people are responding, from the general public, you know, in many different places around the world, the way they're responding, when you see your star football player lead a fund that he, you know, where he expected a certain amount of money and ends up with 20 times that amount and that keeps growing, it must be heartwarming to see the reaction from all around the world. Oh, it is. There's no question about it. It's heartwarming on a personal level because I and many other of my colleagues on city council have received emails and texts from people, high school friends, people that are reading about what's going on in Houston. So that personal connection has been fantastic. And at the same time, uh, you know, communities around the country and around the world that have said, what do you need in Houston? And what we're saying now is we're going to take a step back in terms of, wait a minute, I'm not sure that we need all the clothes that you're prepared to send us. We may much more need, you know, the check. Let us find out specifically now from communities, what do you need? And we'll get the message out. We've heard different estimates of the amount of damage dollar-wise that Harvey caused. What number are they uh, tossing around down here? Oh, I think it's, you know, about $150, $160 billion. Yeah. And everyone knows that it's going to take quite a while to recover from all of this, right? There's no question. Parts of the city will recover more quickly than others. And as I said, if you head downtown and other parts of the community, you'd say, wait a minute, you know, 
things are moving along like they always have. At the same time, there are parts of this community that are underwater right now, that people cannot get to their homes. I mean, so it's, it's very, um, it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But right now, I mean, it is going to take close to $160 billion to get us back to where we need to be. Yeah, and certainly a good amount of time as well. Uh, you know, the mayor has been so positive. Uh, really has given an impression like Houstonians are going to just rebound from this without any problem. I shouldn't say without any problem. Are going to rebound with you know from this and you know be stronger than ever. Let's put it that way. Uh, we have a friend down here who we turn to every time uh, Houston's in the news, and that's Lee Wunsch. And during my first conversations with Lee and first communications with him after this disaster. So positive, so ready to fight back and, and beat Harvey with a stick and get the community back in order as soon as possible. What is it that's going on here in southeast Texas that gives everybody this positive attitude knowing they're going to persevere? Well, when my late husband and I moved here from Montreal, we, moved, we chose to move to Houston because there was black gold under the ground and intellectual black gold above the ground and deals were made with a handshake. And we like that attitude and that you don't have to be a fourth generation Houstonian to make it here. You land here, your words, your bond, and you can get it done. And Houstonians believe in the fact that we're here to help one another. And that's what we're doing right now. I'm sure we're going to have a chance to speak to some of the people that were actually rescued by amazing neighbors, and in some cases friends, and in some cases people that they had never met before. Uh, what did you think of the way people stepped up and put their own lives in danger in order to save others during this tragedy? Well, I think that's exactly what the mayor would say. That's who we are, and that's what we're about. If we can help somebody, that's what we're going to do. We're going to continue to encourage our listeners to financially support what's happening down here. And uh, I, I know it's not always easy when one goes through a tragic situation to really believe that people outside of this area are concerned and, and really feel the, the difficulty that's happening here. But I just want you to know that a lot of us, many of us, we're looking at all the sights and sounds of Houston, Texas, and just you know sending our thoughts and warmest wishes as best as possible throughout this entire ordeal. Well, listen, if you know that one of our star football players, J.J. Watt, raised the kind of money he did, the things that you know about this community say to me that you and so many others are very much aware of what Houston's all about. But I also want to let you know that we have a fabulous kosher chili cook-off here. And I urge you to come down here and cover the kosher chili cook-off. Because it's really good times. Would you happen to know the date of the kosher chili cook-off? Because I wouldn't mind putting it on my calendar right now, frankly. Yes, it's in the spring, but I don't have it right now. And as I believe, it's also before the hurricane season starts. <laughs> Another incentive to come down during that time. Ellen Cohen, thank you. Thanks for welcoming us here. Continued good luck. And uh, continued with, uh, please continue with your amazing leadership as this community continues to dig out from this uh, difficult episode. Thank you. Thank you very much for all your interest and for all the support from everyone all over the country and the world. I thank you for that. More coming up. It is a uh, Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM as we have begun our visit to Houston. And we encourage everybody around the world uh, to go to uh, the variety of websites and all the different organizations that have disaster relief funds and that are collecting money for the Houston Jewish community and, of course, for Houston in general as the city continues to recover from all of this. Give generously, and uh, let's, for the next at least the next few weeks and months, keep the people in Houston in our hearts and minds. More coming up. It's a Thursday morning here at JM in the AM.
in the a.m. There you have it. What we know now as the unofficial song of Hurricane Harvey and its aftermath down here in Houston, Texas. It's Mordechai Shapiro. He'll be joining us on Thursday uh, at J.M. And actually, I should say it differently. He'll be joining us Thursday here in Houston. And on Thursday night, he'll be performing here in Houston. Uh, one of the musical gifts that we are leaving the people of Houston this week. Uh, the week we decided to come down to uh, Houston, Texas and uh, dedicate our programming 
to the Jewish community of Houston and encouraging everybody to, uh, to give as generously as possible to all the different uh, disaster relief funds that have been set up for the community down here. It's a Thursday. We are in Houston, Texas. My name is Nahum Siegel. I want to thank our friends at the OU, presenting sponsors of our program. They, of course, have a disaster relief fund at OU.org. Go to OU.org. We have uh, spoken with Ellen Cohen from the City Council, gave us a perspective on the the aftermath of this storm. And um, uh, more guests will be coming up today as we discuss the community and the aftermath of Harvey. And uh, we encourage everybody to tune in today and tomorrow to JM and the AM and all of our special programming, including uh, tomorrow's That's Life with Miriam Alwalek and Live Lunch with me on a Thursday. Uh, excuse me, today rather, today. Uh, <laughs> today, Thursday. <laughs> and you'll be able to, uh, to get a perspective on some of the things that are going on. As we got here to the Federation building where we're, where we're uh, doing this show, um, many houses... Um, house after house after house on block after block after block with um, debris from the homes, from the houses out on the street. Uh, It's a site that uh, we've seen many times on television and many times through the news and uh, and video that we've been uh, watching over the last week or so. When you see it up close and in person, it really is uh, still hard to believe. Uh, In some cases, what seems like everyone's Possessions, certainly possessions from uh, from at least one floor of their home, if not more, out on the street at this time, and people are in need of help. And this is one of the places, the Federation, Jewish Federation of Greater Houston, where people are coming for that help, whether it be financial or for items that they need just to get through the next few days, the next few weeks. A lot of people have lost all the clothing uh, that they had in their homes, and that has to be replaced. I mean, for a lot of people in this community, it's going to be a long haul. So we encourage everybody to give and to uh, continue to think about our brothers and sisters down here in Houston. More guests and uh, plenty more activity uh, on this Thursday morning, JM and the AM, as we continue all the way until 9 o'clock. Uh, we'll do a little bit of music, then introduce some of the uh, some of the special guests we have lined up as we discuss Jewish Houston and the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey right here at JM in the AM. <laughs> יש דברים קצת קשים, לא צריך לדאוג שאלות בחיים שלא נותנות מנוח מלחמות בעולם לא צריך לדאוג דאגות על המחר קצת לא פתוח השכנים מרעישים, לא צריך לדאוג
J.M. and the A.M. Nice mix of music, including Myla Cohen and the brand new music from both of Raymond Freed and Lady Cohen here at J.M. and the A.M. We are in Houston, Texas. We're meeting and greeting some of the people who can tell us about the uh, hurricane of 2017, Hurricane Harvey. More than 50 inches of rain. More rain in a couple of days than Houston gets usually in a year. Talking about trillions of gallons of water. 
And we are in the Jewish Federation building here, Jewish Federation of Greater Houston. And by the way, that's a perfect uh, place for you to visit on the web to give to the uh, Houston Jewish community as they continue to recover from all of this. Um, we are here at the Jewish Federation building, uh, which essentially is right in the middle, uh, certainly um, a part of the area that was among the hardest hit here in Houston. There's plenty of work to be done, to say the least. We want everybody around the world to focus our thoughts and prayers and our funds in um, toward Houston, Texas, and the community down here. Uh, special guests will be joining us if you keep it right here at JM and the AM. More coming up. This is brand new from Sandy Shmueli.
JM in the AM, music from Sandy Shmueli on a Thursday morning broadcast. We are in Houston, Texas, in the Jewish Federation of Greater Houston building. Go to HoustonJewish.com, HoustonJewish.com, .org rather, HoustonJewish.org. Lee knows I'm going to get it right eventually. HoustonJewish.org, that's the Federation's Disaster Relief Fund, and you know that uh, no matter what has been collected so far throughout all the great organizations that have disaster relief funds, plenty more is needed for the Jewish community of Houston. Do your best, no matter where you are around the world, to log on and to give generously. We're speaking with uh, some of the people who have uh, gone through Hurricane Harvey, and each, of course, has their unique experience with this natural disaster. Jen and Matt Pittsford are with us, who happen to live very close to the building we're in right now, right near the Jewish Federation of Greater Houston. Welcome to both of you. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Pleasure. Uh, so you guys were lucky. You guys were lucky in that you live right here in this area, right. and you saw plenty of people, plenty of homes really get devastated by Hurricane Harvey. But in your case, thank God, you were able to make it through without damage. Thank God we were we were very close, but this time we were able to our house did not take in any water, so we were we were one of the lucky ones. We feel very grateful. I can only imagine. Uh, and as you walk through this neighborhood, you see what has happened to those who were affected and the aftermath at this point. And uh, frankly, it's hard to it's hard to imagine. We see all the video, we see all the news reports. You come here in person and, and see with your own eyes, and it's just, it's really unbelievable, frankly. I totally agree. I mean, it's pretty devastating uh, to look around and see your neighborhood just sort of in ruins. So what did you do during the storm? Let me hear where life took you when all this was happening right here around you. Um, for this storm, we we sort of could see the water uh, rise, so it, t it took a day and a half or so as the water just kept on rising and rising and rising uh, closer and closer the, to our door. Uh, so we did prepare. We started pitting furniture up this time around. Um, we, I don't know, we sandbagged our back door because that was that it sort of pulls water there. Um, and I mean, we, we tried to prepare a little more I don't. We. I don't know if we were mentally prepared, but we try to get our house prepared. And so. you have you have young children, Lindsay and Ollie, right? They're yes. they're, they're they're small kids. Um, was it a challenge preparing them for all of this, and you know, and understanding that it could, in your case, thank God it didn't, but it could really directly affect them. We just tried to keep them occupied, not to panic, not to show them panic. And even, you know, when we went through the flood the first time, we really didn't show them how devastated we were. We tried to keep it inside so they didn't feel the effects. And, um, you know, we just have to keep a brave face on for the kids. And I think actually it helps us keep a brave face because that pretending kind of translates to our own emotions. So, uh yeah, we just tried to keep them as busy as possible during that time. Speaking with Jen and Matt Pittsford. All right, so uh, do you have power during the storm? Right, We know that you weren't affected in terms of water. Did you have power? You able we to, did. You are able to ride it out. A lot of your neighbors did not, I assume. We had power. I blocked it. We were able to watch the news, which was very right. ominous, very scary. Not comforting, huh? No, no. So we, um, we were, oh, you know. Yeah, we had power. Um, 
I know across the street and in sort of another block of, of sort of the same neighborhood, um, they didn't have power though. So, are you able during the storm to I don't know make your way over to to neighbors, friends, to anybody, or you're basically secluded because you know even though it's not in your home, there's plenty of water around. Um, at the very beginning of the storm, we definitely I went over to a neighbor's house, but once the water started rising. Um, we didn't really make it out of the house, but we definitely stayed in communication with all of our neighbors just to check on each other and try to plan out what was our, uh, I guess, what was our plan of action if something bad happened. Rescue efforts that we were watching from hundreds, even thousands of miles away, were they going on right here in this neighborhood? Yes. We saw, we actually saw Black Hawk uh, helicopters rescuing people literally was, yeah picking people lowering up. what buckets or lines or just some, yeah. anything for them to yeah. hang on to or exactly. to climb into i think a rescue diver or whatever came out of the helicopter picked people up and brought them back in so right. tell me about the initial recovery and what you think is going to be happening over the next couple of months i mean again not directly in your case but this whole area is going to be going through a transformation a rebuilding that that they didn't even come close to last time around. Um, yeah, that's it's gonna be a hard decision for a lot of people based on the fact that, I mean, we have a lot of friends right now that are trying to decide. Okay, are we gonna try to remodel our house? Do we feel safe in that, or do we need to uh, raise the house, the elevation of the house, so it doesn't flood again? Or are they gonna tear down and move somewhere else? Right. So they have a lot of hard decisions i mean uh and truthfully you don't know how this neighborhood's going to be in the next year or two because right. you don't know i mean i imagine it's it's pretty near this uh center part of the city so i i imagine it's still going to be fine but over the next two or three years i mean it's sort of in transition i guess i don't right. know so. uh making i guess making assessments or predictions about the weather are fruitless because there's really not much that we can either uh predict or assess but it is unbelievable that now in these two years these series of events have happened and that this time around trillions and that's the figure they use trillions of gallons of water were in the city of houston it's just uh, unfathomable the whole thing is incredible yeah no i mean <laughs> We have gotten a lot of rain in the past, at least these huge rain events right. in the past couple of years. So I'm asking all the guests, what do you think of this reaction from around the world? Forget us for a moment. I know that people are very happy we're here and we're glad to be here. But there are people internationally who are really, both in the Jewish community and to Houston in general, funneling whatever they can, whatever they could spare to help everybody recover. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I... I'm very impressed by the world's reaction to, I mean, I, I, I think the coverage was so, it was, it, it was pretty good that right. it showed everybody what exactly was happening and it was so widespread that people were like amazed by all the water that actually the city got. So, um, it was yeah. very moving. Yes, it was. <laughs> as as uh, dangerous as it seemed, and believe me, we know it was very dangerous, it still had this emotional component to it of real compassion that came in from so many places around the world. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's part of the recovery process. All my friends who have gone through this now, and when we went through it, we it's overwhelming how many people step up to help. And it's, it's a real, you know, like, 
Mr. Rogers would say when bad things happen, look for the helpers. And um, there have been a lot of helpers. And it's interesting being on the volunteering side now. You know, I have a lot of empathy for what people are going through because I've been there. And it's 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 very it's rough. And I tell my friends one day, hopefully it'll just be a blur. You know, right. it'll be behind you. HoustonJewish.org are recommending HoustonJewish.org to make a uh, donation. One of uh, hundreds of disaster relief funds have been set up in our community around the world uh, to help Houston. Uh, you're a young couple with young children. Tell me what the Houston community is like here. Oh, we love it. I mean... Aside from the water, it's pretty aside good. Aside huh? from the water, it's <laughs> wonderful raising our children here. We're very involved in, you know, with the JCC, um, you know, exercising there, sending our kids to camp. Uh, it's a it's a wonderful community to live in, it's, aside from the natural disasters that take <laughs> right. place. <laughs> That's the only negative. Other than yeah. that, it sounds like a really it's, nice place. It really is. It really is. And... Uh, and we're impressed with the way the city came together. I'm Absolutely. sure the community down here in terms of the Jewish oh. community is even tighter than that and, yes. and really came together during all of this. I mean, the Federation is just so fabulous how they just, you know, they're they're like the first responders. And, yeah. um, you know, I think everyone is so grateful for all the work that they put in, all the hours and manpower and trying to help everybody. So Jen and Matt Pittsford will likely be here for a while. You ain't, you ain't going nowhere at the moment. I don't believe so. <laughs> I don't no, you don't plan on it. Yeah. You'll you'll be you'll be yeah. right here in Houston for yeah. a while. Uh, I really appreciate you joining us. Uh, glad that the the water stayed out of your home, uh, but nonetheless, we people should realize, and our listeners and viewers should realize, we are literally in the center of a neighborhood that got really hard hit. And if we look just behind us, outside this building, debris is all over the front lawns, and people have have organized what used to be their possessions in a way for it to be collected, and they're going to be starting from scratch. And we got to remember that as we, uh, as we visit here today. Yep. Thank you very much again. Thank, Thank you. you. More coming up. It is a Thursday morning edition of JM and the AM. I do remind you that all through the day we'll be Facebook living. That's right, as we visit all through Thursday to different synagogues and buildings, institutions, and family homes uh, throughout Houston. We will be doing Facebook Live. You'll be able to see those videos. Pay careful attention to our Nahum Siegel Network Facebook update page. Again, go to Facebook and make sure to like Nahum Siegel Network. And also, some of our programming will be. Um, uh, will be surrounding this whole story, including Miriam L. Wallach's That's Life at 10.30 Eastern Time today and my live lunch, Thursday live lunch, between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. Eastern Time today. You'll have an opportunity to hear all of this and to see a lot of it on Facebook as we continue here in Houston. I want to thank our presenting sponsor, the Orthodox Union. They have a disaster relief fund at OU.org. want to thank our hosts specifically for this radio program, the Jewish Federation of Greater Houston. They have opened up their doors to us the way they've opened up their doors to thousands of people over the last week um, and the way they do all the time. Uh, the Jewish Federation of Greater Houston, we learned two years ago, uh, we saw just how they are really taking care of the entire community, right to left, up and down, across the board, and they should be commended for that. And we thank them for that. And their uh, disaster relief fund is available at HoustonJewish.org, HoustonJewish.org. Plenty more coming up. It is a Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. Thursday morning. We are at the Jewish Federation of Greater Houston. Keep the uh, web address, HoustonJewish.org, on your desk. Give uh, often. Give generously. Uh, the Jewish community of Houston has uh, essentially made a declaration through its leadership, and that is that they're not going anywhere. Uh, they're going to rebuild, and they're going to um, look back at the, at the hurricane, at Hurricane Harvey, as just uh, one obstacle to the growth of this community, but uh, they are prepared and are preparing as we speak to go forward. Um, and uh, 
it, it is uh, just it, it is obviously just in the aftermath of the hurricane, and there are many many homes that we saw on the way over here to the Jewish Federation building that are being emptied as we speak. Uh, many of them emptied already, uh, if not emptied completely, then certainly uh, whatever items are on their first floor. And a lot of people are going through very challenging times. Earlier, we heard from Ellen Cohen about those who are uh, in shelters in this city looking for housing. It's a priority for the mayor and the local government. You can only imagine what's happening here in Houston in the aftermath of the storm. Mark Gervis is with us. He's executive vice president of the Jewish Federation of North America, and he's spending a few days here in Houston, Texas. Mark, a pleasure to welcome you here. Thank you. It's great to be here. When did you get to Houston? Uh, I got here about midday on Monday. What were your initial thoughts, your reaction when you saw uh, with your own eyes what was going on here? Well, uh, so I've been involved uh, with this particular situation from before it started. Uh, when a crisis like this happens, we're in touch with the community before. We're in touch with the community while the rain is falling. And uh, we're right there with them uh, on the other side of it. And when it's this severe, we mobilize our network of, uh, of Jewish federations to step up, uh, whether it's a war in Israel, whether it's a natural disaster, whether it's bombings and uh and terrorist attacks uh in other countries around the world so um my initial impressions are on the one hand uh not surprising because i've been here in the aftermath of a previous flood a year and a half ago um so seeing the debris on the side you know on on the front of people's houses um is uh i've seen um uh but the scope of what this means for this community uh, community of about 56,000 Jews and a estimated 1,000 homes flooded is a huge impact. And the concentration here uh, in this section of uh, the Houston region, which is pretty centrally located um, and where so much of the communal infrastructure is, uh, is a real challenge for this community uh, in terms of whether people can um, live their lives here uh, and and uh, you know, be safe here. We picked up on a, I would say enthusiasm, maybe some of the local people here wouldn't use that word at this point, <laughs> but we picked up on an enthusiasm, on an energy, uh, where leadership down here was ready to rebound as soon as the, the capability of starting the rebounding process you know, could begin. And it seems like that's the attitude here. It seems that nobody, nobody wants to go anywhere, nobody's planning going anywhere, uh, they are planning on persevering and doing what's necessary to make this, you know, a stable, great community again after being shaken the way they were by Hurricane Harvey. Are you getting the same impression? Uh, I, I am. I, you know, I want to be. Uh, I want to be clear. My vantage point, at least till now, is what's been happening in this building. Right. Because for two and a half days, I haven't left this building. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to spend some time being out among some of the institutions and visiting homes. But just seeing what's happening in this building and the hub of activity it's it's uh, become uh, in response to the crisis, it, it, there is a lot of energy and a lot of positive energy. This is a strong and proud Jewish community. Um, it has a really terrific history as part of our network. And, you know, through all the networks of institutions, day schools, JCC, Jewish Family Service, uh, really strong agencies uh, across the community. And people feel powerfully tied to this community yeah. um, and then there's you know texas pride uh, which yeah, i think is uh, is a part of that uh mark gervis is with us executive vice president of jewish federation of north america and this is america's one and only jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at nachomsegel.com 
on the Nahum Segal Network and, of course, on our beloved NSN app. Um, I grew up in a Federation neighborhood, you know, Metro West. Uh, you know that when it comes to JCC and Federation activities, they are, they're among the best in the country. And nothing, uh, not trying to compare, simply trying to tell you that when I was here two years ago, I saw Federation in a local community at a different level. Maybe because it's out of town, maybe because I'm older now, whatever reason. It looked like the Houston Jewish Federation really is so committed to the Jewish community across the board and so involved in the, in the leadership of the community, uh, really to be commended. And obviously it's something you just described as you spoke about the history and, and the present situation here in Houston. Um, National Federation, where you come from in your New York office, um, in addition to no doubt considering you know, the Houston branch a very strong one and committed one, how does, uh, how does your office help federations and local facilities around the country in general? What are some of the things when it's not a natural disaster that the federation is able to do to keep this strong infrastructure going throughout the entire country? So our, our national mission is to uh, serve, represent, and lead the Jewish federations across North America. And there's 148 local Jewish federations. So the biggest piece of that is service. And we, uh, whether it's the fundraising work of federations or the leadership development work or planning work or strengthening the brand of the federations out in the community in every one of those spheres and more, uh, there are things that we do nationally to help lift up and strengthen local federations, shared service platforms that federations don't have to create everything themselves, whether it's a database platform or a web uh, website platform, uh, being able to manage philanthropic contributions in Israel without each federation having to figure that out with the IRS. All of those kinds of things we deal with. Uh, we have an office in Washington, an office in Jerusalem that represents the interests of our community and the federations in particular to the respective governments. Uh, so it is a it's a big system that is, uh, through annual fundraising and endowments and other fundraising, probably raising three to four billion dollars a year. You have to assess the needs down here. You have to assess what, I guess we would call the national office, needs to do to help the Houston Jewish community gets ba get back on its feet. Is that one of the reasons you're down here? Um, so the first important, most important reason we're here is just to provide support, help the Federation in the moment. We had a team of three senior professionals from our system here from Thursday. Uh, I came in as part of the second team. We have five here this week. We're now organizing the team that will come in next week, and we've partnered with the National Jewish Family Service Network, so they'll do, starting this coming week, a similar thing over at Jewish Family Service. Uh, and that's just helping lean in and expand the professional capacity of the Federation. Some of their staff are out dealing with their flooded homes, and this is a huge problem, so right. we're just helping. Uh, we're spending a lot of time helping them think in a systematic way. What are the different, what do you have to do in the immediate term? How do you help the flooded families? How do you make sure the institutions can get back up in their feet, serve the community? What's the plan for the seven facilities that have been flooded? How do we make sure everybody's ready for the high holidays that are coming in and two weeks? And when you weeks? say seven facilities, you mean schools, synagogues, et cetera? Yeah, right. across nursing home, right. JCC. Right. Um, yeah, so we that JCC, we'll speak to Lee about that later, but we yeah. know that JCC had its own data. So right? this is a huge beast of a problem, and we're helping map it. That What I came from is a meeting to help prepare for the, the flood committee for the Houston Federation that's having its first meeting tonight, and we'll start moving money that we've raised, that they've raised here locally and we've raised nationally through our system to start helping this community. Yeah, call it a vote. 
a lot of great work going on, and a lot of people in this audience are not aware of what the Federation, especially in the National Office in New York, is doing to help Jewish communities around the country. This, again, aside from the natural disasters, this, what you just described, is going on in many, many cities. The numbers you just recited, but many, many different cities around the country. Right. So you gave your website. I'll give mine. Please. It's jewishfederations.org. Very simple. Uh, check it out. You'll see what we're doing for Houston. You'll see the full scope of what we do. Thank you so much for joining me today. Really a pleasure. Thank you. Mark Gervis, he's Executive Vice President of the Jewish Federation of North America. He's usually in lower Manhattan, like us. But in this case, he's in Houston, Texas, because it's time to come down and help the Jewish community here in Houston recover from the storm, Hurricane Harvey. Uh, you know that the um, web address is HoustonJewish.org, HoustonJewish.org, and you're encouraged to go there and support the uh, the financial needs of this community as best as you can. It's hour number two of JM in the AM. Thank you, Mark. It's hour number two of JM in the AM, and we have an unofficial song, an unofficial song for this adventure to Houston, this Jewish Unity Initiative. It's called Machar from Mordechai Shapiro, who's going to be in town with us tomorrow, um, and actually later tonight. Right, He'll be in town with us later tonight. And, um, and we're going to play that song for you. In addition, I want to remind everybody that we have Mayor Kay with us here. He's going to be joining us in hour number three, the great social media um, guru, excuse me, influencer. Thank you. The great social media influencer, Mayor Kay, is going to be with us in hour number three uh, this morning here at JM in the AM. And I also remind you, we'll be on Facebook Live all through the day as we visit synagogues and schools and, and people's homes. We'll be Facebook living. If you go to Nahum Single Network on Facebook, again, facebook.com slash Nahum Single Network, you'll be able to see all the sights and sounds through our eyes and ears of Jewish Houston. More coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Machar is the unofficial theme song of our journey, our Jewish Unity Initiative to Houston, Texas. That's Mordechai Shapiro, who's going to be with us later today uh, on Thursday in Houston to um, bring a little bit of spirit with his musical presentation to the Jewish community down here. Uh, Lee Wunsch, who we got to know very well a couple of years ago. He is CEO of the Jewish Federation of Greater Houston. And uh, we get to know each other <laughs> a little bit uh, during this trip as well. It seems that we're always uh, we're always meeting on such occasions, Lee. Hopefully, hopefully in the future we'll meet on a really good occasion at some point. I look forward to that time. Thank you very much for hosting us and for all your help and for encouraging us to come down, which I know is not easy. You have a lot of people coming in and out of the Federation building and trying to help and doing what they can. So we appreciate that you well, opened your doors welcome, for us. Welcome to our community. Let's start with our beloved JCC. I start that way because in addition to it being beloved to your community, uh, we have such great memories from our visit there when we were there and meeting so many people and participating in the programming there a couple of years ago. It's the building right next door from where we are at the Jewish Federation. Is anybody in the building? Is anybody in the JCC at this point? No, the building... Uh is closed. Uh, the building took in ten feet of water. Wow! During Hurricane Harvey, and the uh, it pushed through windows, so the entire lower level of the facility is uh, was filled with uh, water. It's it was not good water. It was nasty raw sewage. So uh, it also got into their mechanical systems that was under the lower level. So. The, the the facility has major problems now. They're trying to uh, push through it because obviously they would like to reopen as soon yeah, as possible. Yeah, I can imagine. Is, is there a timetable, or we don't even discuss it? They haven't. Before? They haven't really pinpointed yet. Uh, and that JCC, and again, speaking to what we said earlier about a community like this that's so close knit and where the JCC is so vital, sees a thousand people, uh, thousands of people a day, right? I mean, there's yes, constant yeah. activities in there. Constant activity from five thirty in the morning to ten o'clock at night spans the ages of participants and all kinds of activities. So it's really important both. It's an important, very important uh, part of our community. Yeah. Practically, and I guess we would say psychologically, it's important for the community to get back into that building. Absolutely, 100%. So where we are now in the Federation, just next door, were there 10 feet of water? We somehow came out of it without a drop of water. We had some other minor issues, inconveniences. But Is there an explanation for that? Just uh, there's never an explanation of how the water just goes where it wants, and we were untouched. And the opposite could have happened, right? It could have been the type of storm where a lot of water got in here and the JCC was untouched. 100%, yeah. Unbelievable. So the same thing in the neighborhoods. Right. 
You never know. You we met know. earlier with a couple that was really lucky that their family didn't correct. suffer any damage. And, of course, next door to them are very close by. That's correct. People are suffering. Um, I got to ask you, you're such a veteran of this community. And we, we remember your attitude of two years ago, you know, rebuilding in what we considered then, what you considered then, you know, the worst of all the storms. So you met this one. Um, when you heard it was happening, when you heard you were days away from inevitably, you know, tens of inches, over 50 in the end, inches of, of, of rain falling on Houston, what did you say to yourself? Were you like, I, I can't believe this? I, 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 we got to go through this again and even worse? Like, what were your initial thoughts? Well, you always think that. You know, at least with hurricanes, unlike uh, other kinds of storms, tornadoes, you have some advance notice. Until the storm came, and then we knew it was going to sit over the area for three to four to five days, you don't know what the severity is. And you have some level of preparation, but the storm was coming, and we knew we would face something. We didn't know the severity of it, and it, has, it, is, it has been very severe. When last week was the worst over? Was it Monday? Was it Tuesday? At what point did you say, uh, and based on the forecast, you knew that, okay, now it's time to just start riding it out? And I think sometime Monday afternoon, uh, the rain was not as severe. Uh, and by Tuesday, at least parts of the city began to clear uh, the problem is the city was paralyzed. Right, a lot of flooding on major highways to get in and around the city. Uh, by Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night, we realized that uh, the worst part, at least for the majority of the city, was over. Lee Wunsch is with us. So Sunday night, everyone's in a total panic, or hopefully not panicking, but you know what I mean. By Monday night, they're already seeing. All right, there's there's hope here because it's finally over. Right. Basically, the storm came in Friday. <clears throat> afternoon, evening, August 25th. Saturday, it started raining, and it basically did not stop raining until mid-afternoon Monday would have been the 28th of August. Right. So the rescues and the footage that we see of boats, kayaks, rafts, helicopters all coming, this is all happening Saturday and Sunday, essentially. Saturday and Sunday. And... Um, were there a lot of people in the community here, people that you know, people that depend on the JCC Federation, et cetera, who were without any supplies, who were in completely desperate situations? Leading up to a storm like this, based on the forecast, uh, there are uh, essential things that people go to buy to stock up on, groceries obviously being one. Right. And so, they're preparing also for no electricity, et cetera. Right. So very quickly, the supermarkets were emptying out of all the basic things you would imagine non-perishable food, bread, whatever they are. And uh, by late afternoon Friday, when my family finally got to go to the supermarket, the shelves were empty, right. and you never see that. And then you basically, you hunker down, as the, that's right. the term. A paralysis, know? essentially. And you stay in your homes, and you, uh, we were fortunately, we didn't lose power. We know a lot of people that lost power for a day or two. This was a storm with a lot of rain, not a lot of wind. Uh, and now we're seeing the uh, the effects of it. Uh, I mentioned earlier, about an hour ago in this broadcast, uh, that the impression from you know from from uh, from miles and miles away, including you know New York, is that the the government leadership in this city really did a good job through this storm. From your perspective, our local people here saying the same thing. Absolutely, uh, we have an outstanding mayor 
who led us uh, through the process along with obviously his his team. Law enforcement was inspiring. Uh, many Police, of them, fire, rescue. First responders were right. amazing. I was at a meeting earlier today. Uh, they're trying to figure out a plan to try to support some of those first responders whose own homes were flooded and they just, they were working around the clock, around the clock to help help the citizens of Houston. It's unbelievable. Uh, the Whatever the dollar amount ends up being for both Houston and for the Jewish community of Houston, it's staggering. <laughs> and there is a fund, HoustonJewish.org, that we keep mentioning, and obviously that's the Federation Fund. Um, I know that despite the fact that the, you know the total number of dollars needed is astronomical, from your perspective, it is amazing the way people around the world have responded already. Uh, I always, when we've gone through this, and because I've been doing this for a long time, we've been through some of these very significant disasters. The last significant one was not the Memorial Day flood, which was very negatively impactful on the community, right. but was Hurricane Katrina. We didn't suffer the direct results of Katrina, but we hosted thousands of people from the New Orleans Jewish community. The Jewish Federation of New Orleans was in our building for well over a year, and of course thousands of New Orleans New Orleanians came there are to people Houston. who moved from Metairie to Houston and, and never left. They, they never, remained here, right? Never left. And uh, so it's, it's honestly, it's inspiring. And, and oftentimes, in the, it's only been a week since we've been back in our building. I know, it's unbelievable. To be talking to people who are calling and sending us checks, it's inspiring. And I'll be honest, sometimes very emotional because yeah. the outpouring from not just, not just the United States, not just the Jewish community, but from around the world including the state of Israel. It's been unbelievable. Yeah, we spoke with Federation uh, leadership earlier when Mark was on. Uh, it sounds like uh, they've been very helpful. I, Extremely I helpful. I mean, obviously, this is uh, all about raising the dollars. This is an expensive recovery. But my colleagues from other Jewish federations, from the Jewish Federation of North America that have come here, that will continue to come here to help us, uh, we could not have done this and again, we've just been at it a week. Right. Uh, we could not have pushed through, made the progress this week without their help. Uh, we're here toward the end of the day. Um, are, are there people all through the day who are coming in literally looking for specific supplies or maybe even a check for their family just to help them get through the next few days or a couple of weeks? Well, we have a number of recipient organizations in the community that are, are, are deploying their resources, Jewish Family Service being the primary one in terms of help, direct help to families. We're providing the funds to Jewish Family Service to help families. Uh, there's a lot of activity in the community from many organizations coordinated by the Federation to help with this recovery. And our priority is to help. We had a thousand Jewish families that got flooded. Wow. And when you mean and flooded, their houses are? Their houses may not be totally destroyed, right. but they're not livable. And it could be seven, eight to nine months before they're able to get back in. Massive renovation, et cetera. Right. And, uh, and they estimate 100,000 homes in the city of Houston either been destroyed or also uh, badly damaged. Lee Wunsch, CEO, Jewish Federation of Greater Houston. Now, I know we spoke on the phone. I was trying to get a perspective in terms of the geography. But right here at the Federation building, we would call this the heart of the Jewish neighborhood. Would that be accurate? Yes, yes. And that means... All around us, <laughs> there are people who really have suffered, who are facing tough decisions in terms of their own rebuilding and in terms of their own future. 
We know your attitude. I've made a big deal about it. Your positive energy and your enthusiasm, if we could use that word, for rebuilding. And we know that there's a, uh, among Jewish leadership down here, you know, that seems to be the prevailing attitude. What about the average homeowner? What about the people in this neighborhood, in this community? Are they, are they ready for this battle? Texans are very resilient. Uh, Jews in Houston are proud of this city. They're proud of the infrastructure that they built, their parents, their grandparents have built over decades. The Jewish community has been where we're located uh, since the uh, late 50s, early 60s. And I think most people that are serious about who they are as Jews want to stay in this area. There's no doubt it's a challenge because probably half of the families that were flooded during this hurricane, this is the second, third, or fourth time their houses have flooded in the last two and a half years. Wow. They're facing, it's a serious uh, obstacle. Right. We're trying to encourage people to rebuild and to stay. We have a very vital Jewish community here. That's for sure. Also, I think people on the history of Houston, this is something we discussed a couple of years back in terms of the, the, the Jewish history in this town. But I don't even know if people realize, those who are listening, the significance of Southeast Texas in general. Gal- Galveston was one of the main entry points for Jews for quite a number of years in the 1800s and the early 1900s and really ended up being, I would, I would think we can consider, one of the founding Jewish communities of the United States. Correct. My wife's grandparents were some of the people that came through Galveston. My in-laws were native Houstonians. Uh, so, you know, people had deep, deep roots uh, either in Houston or in, or in Texas. And uh, as I said, Texans, we <laughs> myself are very proud of who we are. <laughs> Tough and proud. All right. Um, we know that people have been sending supplies. And we know that truckloads, for very good reason, have been arriving here. And I know you're grateful. It's helped you as a leader in this community deal with the situation. But quite frankly, one of the best ways people can help, frankly, is to support the fund. And, uh, and to continue just to encourage their own constituents in different cities around the country and around the world to just keep giving as much as possible. Right. The, the supplies that have been coming in here, we had a whole uh, uh, delivery, multiple truckloads of kosher food and kosher meals came in over the last uh, few days. But money, whether we like it or not, is driving the recovery. Right. And the families need the support. And, of course, we have multiple institutions that got hit very hard very hard and in order for them to be able to rebuild manage what they're going to have to do if they're out of their facilities for a period of time which some of them are out of their facilities with the holidays coming up and particularly with yuntif coming up right. it's it's uh money is what's going to happen right. and money's going to help a yeah. lot and everyone yeah. should go to houston jewish houstonjewish.org you can help out and help the federation continue to build this fund and they will continue to us uh, to support the institutions and the families who are in need down here in Houston, Texas. And uh, we are going to continue to have you in our hearts and prayers. Thank you. Uh, I think you knew that we were really sincere when we told you that everybody we were in contact with in the New York area, people around the world, and you have felt this, you have felt this love, it have, were just so concerned and, and worried and wondering what the future would be down here. And uh, whatever we could do to help in terms of this rebuilding, just let us know. Thank you. And thanks for 
making a return visit here and your next visit it should be when the sun is shining and there's no storms around well we already heard from uh, from one of our guests that there's a a chili cook-off for the jewish community and i said you know we need to know the date for that usually in february and it's a wonderful time to be in the community there we go so maybe we'll make plans lee one she's the ceo of the jewish federation of greater houston has always been an amazing host for us thank you for welcoming us here again thank you lee more coming up. We're going to have Rabbi Goldwasser in a moment. We are going to, we're going to continue with more at JMM. A reminder that uh, we'll be with Facebook, Facebook Live all through the day. All through the day we'll be with Facebook Live, all the institutions, homes, and families that we'll be visiting with. So make sure to pay careful attention to our Facebook update page, Nachum Single Network. In addition to that, we... Um, uh, we have some great programming between That's Life with Miriam Alwalek and my live lunch coming up uh, that focuses, in addition to JMM, on what's happening. Plus, tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll be at the uh, Barron School uh, doing our broadcast. Mordechai Shapiro is going to be part of it. Make sure, right, Mordechai Shapiro is tonight in concert, and tomorrow's show we will be, uh, we'll be doing from the school. All right, uh, plenty more coming up. Keep it right here at JMM. This time each and every Monday through Thursday, Rabbi David Goldwasser joins us. Uh, here is Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechanishmaser of Zeb and Rabbi Yosef Alevi, and Zechanishmas Esther Bas, Rabbi Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Shuv of the Marik, Rabbi Yosef Kalan of Italy, with regard to the rabbis of Nuremberg who wanted to organize efforts on behalf of Jews who were in great danger. The Marik cited the Talmud of Bava Metziah, which describes a case where waters overflowed its banks. There was a flood during a period of heavy rain. It propelled huge amounts of water downstream. The people who lived upstream had an unconditional obligation, a choiv kadosh, to shoulder the burden and do whatever was necessary to help the people who were living downstream. People throughout the world have been shocked to learn of all the heavy damage wrought by Hurricane Harvey. The devastation and loss of life that has taken place has literally rocked the world. The pictures of houses floating away, people standing on their roof, the only higher ground where the water hadn't yet reached, begging and praying to be saved, hoping and waiting for a helicopter to fly over and see them the ruination of families' worldly possessions. It's heartbreaking and tragic. The shock was only heightened. It was exacerbated when pictures and reports of flooded shoals, displaced minyanim, huge numbers of sifrei kodesh, damaged by water, sparim, that can never be used again. The very core of the Jewish community has been hit. There are approximately 350 families that were directly affected by Hurricane Harvey and suffered significant damage and loss within the community. Over 1,500 meals have been served to people in need of food. There is no question that each and every one of us from around the world need to view the people of Houston as our closest relatives our brothers, our sisters, to let them know that we will never abandon our brothers and sisters in need. These people's lives have been traumatized. It is our obligation and responsibility to extend ourselves beyond the norm 
to reach out and help. We don't want them to have feelings, God forbid, of hopelessness and despair. It's our time to act, to show the people of Houston that we are together with them at this time and always. Reb Nachum Siegel took the program to Houston together with the Orthodox Union. So many wonderful organizations that came to help. We are like the people that are living upstream in the Talmud. We're being urged to help. I call out to all of our listeners throughout the entire world because believe me, there is not a more important mitzvah that we could do at this time. By donating, by giving our money, our resources, we make the difference in people's lives. Who knows whether taking this opportunity to give will be the schus, the merit, that we will carry into the Yom Hadin for a year of good health, happiness, peace, prosperity, and great nachas. I beg all who listen to this program throughout the world, now is the time to act. Now is the time to give. Thank you very much, Rabbi Goldwasser. Um, I thank those of you who've responded to our call to support the disaster relief funds that have been uh, set up by prominent organizations around the world, and obviously specifically those uh, in the Houston area and those that we're familiar with in the New York, New Jersey area. And you should continue to please support as generously as possible. Speaking of generosity, I want to thank those who've contributed to the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting as we continue to remind you that you could sponsor parts of our program. Uh, Our Elul chauffeur blowing is coming up next in just a moment, and uh, I want to thank uh, Gene Berkovich for the donation commemorating the 16th yard site of Grandmother Acacia Bat Mordechai Gickerman and the 76th yard site of Grandfather Yosef and Yitzchak Berkovich. Both are today, and our Elul chauffeur blowing is uh, sponsored by Gene and family. Here it is at JM in the AM. Also wanted to acknowledge a donation from uh, David Klein to Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting in honor of the Brit Milav Yaakov Shlomo Eliyahu HaKohen Ben Yosef Rosazada from David Yosef Klein. And thank you very much for that information. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Well, you can imagine uh, if we are in a Jewish community, we know we have great Chabad leadership. It's like that in every great city around the world, that's for sure. And I have with us uh, here on our JM and the AM broadcast... Rabbi Chaim Lazaroff. Rabbi Lazaroff, a pleasure. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Houston. And thank you for welcoming us to Houston. And the Rabbi Yossi Zak- Zaklikovsky. Am I right, Not Rabbi? Bad. Not bad. Not bad, huh? <laughs> Woo! I took off my glasses to make sure I read it accurately. And that's what, now I understand why they call you Rabbi Yossi. They don't, they don't bother with the last fa- name sometimes. My father is Rabbi Z. Oh, okay. So we could call you, I guess, either one. Yeah. Gentlemen, welcome. Um... Uh, Rabbi uh, Rabbi Zaklikovsky is at the Shul of Bel Air, and uh, Rabbi uh, Lazarov is with the uh, Chabad Lubavitch of Texas. Uh, how long have each of you been in the Houston area? 
I was actually born here. My father wow. was sent by the Rebbe to Texas in 1972 in Tosh Lamed First to be sent to Texas? Or? Yes, he's one of the 71 new institutions that the Rebbe instituted. He's the Rabbi Kunin of Texas? <laughs> <laughs> the Correct. Rabbi, the Rabbi Hurston of Texas? <laughs> although, although him and Rabbi Kunin had very different directives in, in style. <laughs> that I'm sure. Um, they both are a similar category. And so I was born and raised there. Well, how do you, Rabbi? Moved here from Brooklyn, grew up in the Detroit area, but moved here from Brooklyn uh, about eight and a half years ago. And as a perspective, in your neighborhoods, how do we assess the damage? Severe? Not so bad? How do we assess damage in each of your neighborhoods? Uh, in Bel Air, I would say severe. Wow. Um, so similar to what we're seeing here? In, in, in half of Bel Air, it's, it's uh, very similar. The other half, less similar. I'm in the less similar half, but... Uh, I'm part of the other half, so my own home was flooded too. And Rabbi Lazarov, what neighborhood are you in? I operate another Saturday Chabad house in the gallery area, Chabad of Uptown as well. Um, there we didn't flood, we're on an island. Thank God. And thank God. And uh, neither did our home. We took in a little bit of water in the back wall. But although we didn't physically flood, we've all been flooded with <laughs> the the needs of all the local community and flooded with kindness pouring in from all over the world. Oh, so Harvey has flooded you with mitzvahs, huh? Yes, Baruch yes. Hashem. Baruch Hashem. <laughs> See, I, 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 the two guys that will actually praise Harvey are sitting here in front of us. Um, Shabbos, were you open Shabbos? We were open the Shabbos before and after. Right, so yes. you were able to... Um, we had a number of people that came to stay with us for Shabbos to, to seek shelter. We have a safe room in our Chabad house where we went a number of times every time the tornadoes flew over. Uh, we all ran with our kids, and we had like 20 people staying in the Chabad house, and, um, and they got stuck there until Wednesday. And where you were, Rabbi Z? What was the situation there on that Shabbos? Oh, the Shabbos before. The one, the, the one where, the, where the rain right, started. Right, so in fact, Shabbos morning at 9 o'clock, it wasn't raining. Wow. So I said, I'm going to shul. <laughs> right. I went to shul. First, nobody else showed up, so I just was uh, learning. Then I started davening, and then, then the few people did show up. Um, each one said they didn't want me to be there alone. <laughs> That's nice. So, uh, so we dove in together, and uh, I walked home about 1, 1.30, and it still wasn't raining. And then uh, about between, you know, Mincha Mayrev time is uh, when Harvey uh, joined. For it, it, it's, this. it's amazing to me as I hear this timetable from the people here and, and from you that in perspective, there wasn't a, it, it wasn't that long, this rainstorm. I know it was a couple of days, but... It's still, you know, when you, when you have rain for a couple of days, it'd be 10, 20 inches maybe under severe circumstances. And, and in a couple of days, you had what you had, which is over 50 inches of rain. Yeah, I mean, every minute felt like an hour fast and furious, <laughs> huh? in, in those circumstances. You know, when, when you're upstairs, which we, we did, we right. all moved upstairs with water and supplies and, and some food. And when you're in that circumstance and you can't go downstairs and there's water downstairs and then the, the rain was like slowing down, but then starts to get stronger. I mean... Every second is stretched, so right. it may have been 36 hours of, of, of rain, Felt or like 36, 36 days, to 48, right? yeah. I can imagine. Uh, Rabbi Z and Rabbi Lazarov are here, Chabad's uh, in, um, in Texas, as you hear, Chabad's in Texas since the early 1970s. Um, when it's not raining, how's life down here? Are you able to uh, attract a love for Judaism and uh, get the average Jewish Texan to, uh, to be attracted to our way of life, so to speak? Houstonians, uh, you, you probably figured out by now, are very friendly people. And That's um, for sure. as, and recently, in the recent years, sites are having Chabad here since the 70s. In Houston, especially, it's exploded. Chabad's programs have exploded with growth. Today, we have 11 Chabad centers. Wow. 16 in what would be considered couples Houston? In the, Houston, the greater Houston area. Wow. And uh, because of that, um, obviously, our, our reach of people who are, getting, who are engaged in Torah mitzvahs is, is vast, Baruch Hashem. 
and we've been successful in engaging every level of the Jewish community. And because of that, in this response itself, our incident response to this event was monumental in ways that was unprecedented because um, all 16 couples, that's 32 people, because every, every uh, not as a shliach, as a as a husband and wife, and the kids right. got involved as well as community members in a way that was unprecedented. We, and we, and what, how we were able to respond to this event. What were some of the things you were doing? You found yourself doing what in the, during, during and right after the storm? It, it, it unravels um, over the time. And at first, we were, some of our community members were doing high water rescues. We rescued over 50 people, literally. Members from, of your community. We, members from our community saying, we're the saving people from our community and also random people on the street as right. they were seeing as they were going with their high water high water vehicles that they had or and boats as well and rescuing people from the high water and then after the rain event stopped and all of us Chabad uh, branches were all stuck in where we were we activated our incident response team and we all got on a conference call and we divvied up our responsibilities and every one of us took our different responsibility and stayed in our lane and made sure we did that job as best as we could. And that can mean food, supplies, shelter, depending on what people Correct. And, and, and people requesting for information, providing that information, um, curating that information, getting the right information out, not the wrong information, because that usually creates a lot of, right. a lot of misinformation, creates a, a, a terrible response. And because of that, we were able to reach 320 homes, which we cleaned provided food for, provided shelter for, provided relocation services for. Um, we had close to uh, 2,000 volunteers that were deployed over the past week. From to areas to, as far as? as from, all over, from all over the country, people came in. So New York, certainly. But especially in the Texas and surrounding areas. Right. People came from the campuses. It's, it's been an amazing response of the community coming together. The Jewish community in Houston is very unified. I, mean, I grew up here, so I've seen it evolve over time. Uh, you know, you know the differences between Houston and other communities. You've seen it up close. Yes, and I also know the difference of what Houston is now and the way Houston was when I was growing up. And uh, that has uh, changed tremendously and dramatically. Uh, and we've been very fortunate to be able to coordinate with all the communities, coordinate with the Federation, which we're sitting here now, sure. and coordinate with all the other institutions in town to be able to help them help others. Rabbi Z, were you able, because of your circumstance, to even start to mobilize early on, or you, you waited till the water what, disappeared? Uh, so my role in this effort was one that I was able to do even while upstairs, as long as I had a, <laughs> as long as I had a phone. Self-service, huh? Um, so uh, I was able to, uh, my, my role primarily was to communicate with the media, so we did not lose power. My phone was working, so I was able to do that You know, it's so funny. We just assumed everybody lost power, and then we're finding out that a lot of people... Had power maintained in their home. Right, right. So, I That's mean, a big bracha, frankly. It's, it was huge. Yeah. I mean, in those circumstances, I mean, just consider, uh, you know, friends and sure. congregants, people in the community within Bel Air, the same circumstance just without power would have made it radically worse. Right. So, thank God we had that. Um, what would the Rebbe say about natural disasters? Is there any precedent? Did he write about natural disasters or say anything in the aftermath of a, of a specific natural disaster that happened during his lifetime? Is there anything we know about the Rebbe's words uh, when going through a situation like this? The Rebbe responded many times to various kinds of disasters, um, whether it was man-made or natural. And every time the Rebbe always, the Rebbe's approach was that if a disaster occurs, there's two ways to go about it. Either we can allow it to cripple us even more and allow, allow the, the disaster to succeed to be a even greater disaster or you can take that disaster and you can turn it into something into something positive by finding first of all the good things that happened and as well as finding ways of how you can turn that disaster into goodness and so that's why we're very fortunate to be able to in this incident to be able to create where Houston was flooded with water 
that we were able to be flooded with kindness. Right. It's pretty amazing. Uh, it must have been interesting to see people of all backgrounds, I don't even mean just Jewish, behave like you guys always behave. Get out there and rescue people. It's just, you know, it's humanity's pretty amazing in certain circumstances. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> that has been amazing, actually, how... I mean, you can you see the general community, every walk of life, everyone is just trying to help their friends. Completely random people are coming to their people's homes saying, can I help you? I, I think some people came to your house, no? Yeah, I mean, the, the, as soon as this, uh, as soon as it kind of set in yeah. and we realized that like protocol is that you have to like start cleaning up fast. <laughs> so uh, my wife found out that there's a text message group on our block. And she sent a message, asked, you know, people were generally still at home. Nobody right. went to work. She asked, is anyone available to help us at our home? And these are not all Jewish neighbors. Not Jewish neighbors. Within literally five minutes, our house was full of volunteers. We have Jewish neighbors. There were Asians. There were Muslims. Everybody immediately just asked, what can we do? I was away when she sent out the text message. I returned home. I'm like, whoa, what happened there? And it w was just really moving to, to be able to see that. And you asked, you asked what the Rebbe would say. Right. In 1987 and again in 91, and those... Oh, the hurricane. Generally right. those years, not related to a hurricane, but in general, the Rebbe kind of developed this idea. Uh, everyone asks about, you know, Jewish leadership. Right. And it was in those years that the Rebbe talked about a very novel concept and in 1987, he said, you know, it says, But the Rebbe said, we're, we're approaching a, uh, a point in time, we're approaching an era where the leadership is going to transfer from the Hanasi to the Hakoil. Today, everybody is a leader. And we've, we saw this in an incredibly remarkable way after this happened. Every single person, nobody asked, let the other person do it. You know, typically when somebody comes sure. to your door, we say, there's one time when... Meg Zogan, a Yid should act like an Apikaitis. And that's when someone knocks on your door and asks you for help. That's, that's when you should not say, God will take care of it. That's when you have to say, I'm going to take care of it. And this is what was seen. Everybody just responded in their way. No one said, I'm going to leave it for someone else. Phenomenal. Great. I assume, just like uh, so many great organizations, including the Federation, have disaster relief funds. I assume people can give through Chabad as well as our website or how people can help with you guys just you know, continuing your work down here? So that has also been amazing. We've received help from everywhere. Um, on our blog, ChabadHouston.com forward slash relief, people can see generally what we what, what is going on, constantly being updated right. on what is needed and what the current needs are. Um, and the ChabadHouston.com forward slash hurricane is where people can make financial contributions. But on the ChabadHouston.com forward slash relief, we have an Amazon list, <laughs> which we have... That's, uh, uh, one of the, one of the uh, girls in our community said, you know, hey, let's make a wish list. And that we have not been able to, to, to raise the numbers fast enough for people that are fulfilling the requests for that wish list. So much so that we have to almost close it down because we're being overwhelmed by gifts to the point of where the Amazon leadership wants to talk to us. <laughs> well, that's a good problem to have. It's unbelievable. Uh, any specific need pre-Rosh Hashanah or is this is a general thing? Is anything specific that, uh, that you need for Yantif or...? Well, unfortunately, we've been very distracted by this uh, event. Right. You haven't even around the corner. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think about it today. Hey, you know, first night, the Rosh Hashanah is two weeks from, is, is two weeks from now. Right. And uh, this is pretty uh, worrisome that we haven't even, like, began to grease the wheels. And uh, how could you market some sort of, you know, how could you talk about, hey, we're going to be for Yomtev. People are not even sure where they're going to be tomorrow. But we have to get back right. to the drawing board. Consider, and consider the fact, based on what you're saying, uh, 
my colleague Reb Chaim, who, by the way, if I can just interject and say that uh, that that you did an, a remarkable job coordinating this entire effort. I mean, the whole team was was really outstanding. But I want to compliment uh, my colleague Rabbi Chaim Lazarus for the leadership that he provided in, in the coordination. But um, we mentioned before that 50 rabbis, Chabad rabbis from all over the country, right. arrived here last night and this morning. You know, in the month of Elul, rabbis aren't thinking about anything other than the Yamim Neroim, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. And here are these rabbis picked themselves up, very short notice, and s- spending 48 hours serving a different community, something that th- their community is not going to benefit from directly. Just a tremendous mysterious nefesh on their part. Really moving, really inspiring, and it's everyone. It's you guys as well to pick yourself up and come here to uplift and inspire. It means a lot to us. Kosher food was available throughout this ordeal, or no? Uh, How'd you handle that? The stores were all were all impacted to some degree. Either they were shut down, or or one of them was 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 uh, catastrophically flooded. And so uh, very quickly, everyone emptied out their fridges, and there was no food. So it's for one small shop that's another side of town on placed area that didn't flood. And so when the word got out, and that has been amazing from the from the uh, kosher community throughout the country, when the word got out that there's a shortage of kosher food in Houston, we were inundated with requests. When it people. comes to co- when it comes to food, we're a good community. When it comes to responding, we're sending us more food than we could handle, and and making every single organization in town crazy of who's going to receive these tractor trailers full of food and goods. Hashem. And that came from different areas of the country. All over the place. Uh, I want to thank both Rabbi Chaim Lazarov, uh, Chabad, uh, Chabad Lubavitch of Texas. It says here, um, affiliated with Chabad of Uptown. Is that it? Well, we, my wife and I run the Chabad of Uptown, but I'm here sitting in this seat representing Chabad Lubavitch of Texas Understood. in this incident response. And your pedigree, of course, is a testimony to that, after all. Yeah. Your father, the first Chabad rabbi in Texas. Baruch Hashem, may he live many long years and good health. And Rabbi Yossi Zaklikovsky, uh, the shul of Bel Air. Uh, and I hope that things in your own home, uh, in addition to everybody else around here, improve very quickly. I know you, you're still I mean, probably in the midst of a lot of work and stuff. So well, we moved well. yesterday to a temporary uh, uh, townhouse, and we have to get to work. Hopefully in the coming months we'll be able to return home. Thank you both very much. Thank you for having me. I hope it's a dry 5778. Amen. That's a good bracha to give. Uh, more coming up. You are listening to a Thursday morning broadcast of JM in the AM.
חבל על הזמן. There we go. JM in the AM with Jakob Schwecki. We're in Houston, Texas, everybody. Having a good time here as we uh, broadcast from the Jewish Federation of Greater Houston. Don't forget HoustonJewish.org, HoustonJewish.org. Big thank you to our friends at the OU. They saw the importance of us being here and putting a, um, uh, a major emphasis on what's happening down here in Houston. As people from around the world continue to respond, you can go to OU.org for their disaster relief fund, OU.org for their disaster relief fund to help out as they continue to keep Houston in the hearts and minds of everybody around the world. And I remind you that we'll be on Facebook Live all through Thursday, all through today. We'll be on Facebook Live in a variety of places. We go visiting different areas of Houston, different buildings and institutions and uh, people's homes. Uh, so we'll be doing that. Make sure to stay with uh, Facebook Live, Nahum Siegel Network on Facebook. Also, uh, Miriam Wallach at 10.30 Eastern Time, myself at 11 o'clock Eastern Time with a live lunch. And then later, during what normally is Mark Zamek's uh, Erev Shabbos show at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, I'll have the opportunity to uh, do more programming from here in Houston with more reminders about why we're here and the moral support and financial support that we're trying to encourage everybody to give the Jewish community of Houston. So that's going to be happening all through Thursday. Mordechai Shapiro joins us Thursday night as we, uh, um, as we continue this um, Jewish Unity Initiative with, a, with some live Jewish music. And the Mayor Kay is going to be joining us in the next hour, the social media influencer. Um, with uh, millions of followers. He'll be joining us coming up as well. We have a uh, wonderful couple from Houston, Texas, who are sitting 
to my right and sitting to Miriam L. Wallach's left because I insisted that Miriam join me for this conversation. And they are the Pollocks, known to us, known to our audience as the parents of Yoni Pollock, the gentleman who was supposed to work with us for, what, three, four weeks and ended up working with us for over two years at this point. I had made it very clear that he would not be coming with us to Paris. Right. And what happened? He came with us to Paris. Correct. And, and Venice. And he hasn't Houston. left since. <laughs> that is correct. He's a great asset. Uh, to the Pollocks, we say welcome. Thank you very much for joining us. Our Thank pleasure. There's a, let me put this over here. There's a photograph <laughs> that's been making the rounds of the two of you, and I guess what we would call a kayak, right? A canoe, a kayak, a something kayak. like that? It was a kayak. A kayak yes. uh, at some point during the storm, it became evident that it was not smart for you to stay in your home. Correct. At what point was that? So first of all, this was our rental home. Right. We've been flooded. This is our fourth time being flooded in 27 months, and we had moved out of our home after the Memorial Day flood 2015 when Yoni was home for Shavuos and saved us and put us on the counters. Right. Water reached four feet. We moved out of our home for remediation, hadn't re moved back yet. We were in our rental and it was about 12 noon or so when about a foot of water came in inside the home, but it was already five feet on the outside, and the waters were strong, a strong current, and one of my, um, I teach at Barron Academy, and one of my students' fathers uh, came to pick us up and save us and to try to get us to dry land. How does that work, by the way? You, you get from the house to the kayak. I need to know how this so, works. I want to know how it works that Yoni picked you up and put you on the counter. Well, he, he walked. My husband had a double transplant, and Yoni walked him through four feet of water. That was Memorial Day flood. post Shavu was two years right. ago. Then it flooded uh, right before Pesach, tax day 2016. Right. Another one, and this one. So we literally had door-to-door -door -door service. Because you called someone on your cell phone and no. said, we are in trouble? My boys called from New York were saying, our parents are stuck in the water, and once again, and they're stuck and they're not and please help them and word got out to the community that we were not yet evacuated and we are stuck in our rental right. so literally a kayak showed up to our door door-to-door -door service because it was already five feet of water they pulled into the door as best as they could we climbed into the kayak we were told to balance ourselves carefully because they were really afraid it would turn over to capsize and then um, Mr. Michael Gross who saved us was really trying to get us to drier land where there was less water uh, we were hitting cars that were buried underwater so we didn't even know they were the top of cars and, and many trees he finally gave up after 10-15 minutes of struggling we're not exactly the thinnest of you know with three people in, in the kayak and he said I'm sorry I have to go with the the current and we ended up back in our original neighborhood uh, three blocks down um, and we were rescued by the first Shomer Shabbos family known as close friends of ours Wayne Yaffe and we literally entered their door they built a home two stories five feet above the water but because there was five feet of water this time we the canoe literally there's another picture that went straight into their front uh, hallway and we got off door to door <laughs> right onto the doorsteps of it, it sounds like a frightening experience the whole thing I you know what I'm so I'm sadly so used to it I didn't think of it as frightening I have lots of bitachon and faith and uh, to me we were gonna be fine wow. we've been through this before um, <laughs> so now after hearing what Yoni and your other son did from New York, uh, the <laughs> fact that we consider him our logistics director has now gone to a different level. Yeah. He's, do he's doing logistics <laughs> for life-saving missions in Houston, Texas at this point. I don't point. know if they think they have a Yerusha or not, but whatever, but they're good boys. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think they were happy you were saved, so that's a good sign. I can tell you that much. The Pollocks are here. What remains from your rental home? 
Our rental home or a real home? Rental home. Okay, so our rental home only had one foot. So, mm-hmm. we, uh, unfortunately, so you could have stayed. And, well, or, or no. Or well, could... because in the rental home they wanted to fix it up. They had to open up four feet of sheetrock right away. They had wooden floors that had to be uprooted. So the only thing there, as you only can confirm, is planks of wood and nails sticking out. I had already moved back most of my stuff into our real home because they were just about, the city was just about to elevate our home six feet and they gave us permission to move everything back in so that as soon as they finished jacking it up, within a month or two, we would be able to move straight in. So we did not have school that Friday era of the hurricane. I was bored, so I basically moved 84 boxes out of 90 back into the house. So into our real home. And what happened to the real home? When I walked into the real home after we could only get in Tuesday morning, the, the water stopped, it was raining Sunday, we could not, I could not get in through the front door because it was completely warped. I walked in through the side and I was shocked to see the power of, of, of water, you know, like Higiyumayim Adnafesh. Literally, we had built new bookcases five feet and above. All the bookcases had fallen. I had 18 boxes of Svarim packed up still from the Memorial Day flood two years earlier. All the Svarim had fallen. I actually set, I actually sold hats. I had 80 hats that had floated. Um, one of the rooms, literally the water was so strong that it broke open the wall itself, so you didn't have to remove the sheet rock. It removed it itself. And furniture had floated from the living room to the kitchen to all over the house. It was all over the place. So the percentage of possessions in the real house that remain are? The one positive thing is that this time we didn't have to pack up anything. Just about everything was gone as far as material things. All my beautiful, adorable twin sons pictures from birth until bar mitzvah and our own wedding album somebody just found. Um, all the Sfarim are still out there, over 300 of them getting moldy, unfortunately. There is very, I'm not complaining, but there was really, there wasn't saving anything. It was going through everything that was broken, that fallen, kiddush cups, you know, Pesach things. I had replaced my Pesach dishes three times in the past three floods. I think this is a sign from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that either I have to go away for Pesach, ha ha, <laughs> or I use, uh, uh, real, realistically, I'm going to be using paper and disposables from now on. There's very little left, but on the bright side, there was very little to pack up. I had to clean up. It's interesting you use the <laughs> words, I'm not complaining. I'm not. You, I'm very thankful. It's only material things. It's, it's, so, it, it, it's, it, it, it's really, thank God, all those things are replaceable. The love not and the photos of Yoni, though. Uh, that is for sure. Yeah, those are priceless. Um, that is, and I did put them out to dry. I had a friend that came in. To, she cried. She's like, you got to save these pictures. But the fact is the support and the love that we've had from all around the world, Jew and non-Jew, um, all, all denominations of shuls, uh, the reform and conservative making sure that everybody's being fed kosher food. Dallas has sent in caterers, has been feeding us for the past week, lunch and dinners. I've never eaten so well in my life, and I kid you not. They are going to be doing so from what I understand at Baron Academy until era of Rosh Hashanah. The support that we've had from around the world, the emails that I've gotten from people all around the world, all I could keep on saying is Mika Amcha Yisrael. You know, we had the Kol Yisrael, the love and support that we get is over and beyond whatever material loss we had. That's replaceable. Listen, how many clothes can a person wear at the same time? How many hats? How many shoes? Sure, we all like nice things, but all you really need is one of each. Mrs. Pollock, you have just solved a mystery for me. 
Okay. Uh-oh. For, for, for almost two years. We wanted to know where Yoni got his skills right. from. For almost two years, we wanted to know how it's possible that in the most, in the, I shouldn't say dire, in the most challenging of circumstances in the world of radio, and trust me, live radio has challenging circumstances, your son, unlike some other people, has the ability to stay completely calm, never panic, and certainly never encourage others to, to ever think that there's a crisis, that there's anything serious going on. Now you've solved it for me. Now I understand where he gets it from. You should know sometimes it bothers not. Oh, it kills me. It makes him nuts. It absolutely kills me. That that he's not going nuts. Why isn't he panicking? Why isn't he panicking? He's not. He got his good looks from his father, but his person. Hakadosh (laughs) Baruch Hu is laughing up there because my other twin, Santani, I have to mention his name. He looks exactly like me, but he's as stubborn like his father. And Yoni, who (laughs) looks like his father, is like me. But I always said. Do you agree with this assessment, Mr. Baruch I can only say two things. Now I can only say two things. Famous Rashi, Imo Anochi Batsara, why, why uh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu appeared in the Sneh, and uh, from all other bushes, that he, he feels the, the suffering of B'nai Israel as the whole world has felt with us. And I only can think of the famous Pasuk, Mikam Ha Israel. I am so thankful to be a Jew. I cannot tell you last Shabbos. I said, you know, the famous statement from Achad Ta'am, more than the Jews kept Shabbos, Shabbos kept right, the Jews. Right. If I didn't have Shabbos, that 25 hours of peace to try to forget, I, I don't know how I would survive. Without Shabbos, I mean, it is the gift of gifts. You know, now I understand. Yoni talks Torah all the time in the studio. Oh, really? It's clearly where You he mean all those years it actually wore off? I don't see it at home. I hear sports all the time. I, I'm, <laughs> I, know, I am a hockey fan because I'm, I'm a Canadian, Montreal, Ca- uh, Canada, so I know all about hockey, but that's it. She's, I am, you know, you're being very <laughs> tough on your I, mother. I mean, you better settle down, Pollock. I mean, I this is unbelievable. I'll this conversation is I'll unbelievable. tell you, I thought we were going to come on here. I know. It makes fun of Yoni. Right, I but ex- now I don't I'm want to. I'm expecting a muscle from Mrs. Pollock. I feel bad. We didn't come to Houston for that. He, he, she called him exotic. What am I supposed to I do? Do not say he's tall, single, six foot three, and an adorable blonde. I was thrilled when I woke up to a blonde with blue eyes two days ago. It was him. Do, do you know that people? Do you know that people? Do you know that people? That's hilarious. Do you know, that, do you know that people? He moved down somewhere else. You know and that, he needed a bed. You know that people <laughs> think he looks like my son? Did you know that? Well, that people, yes, I, I people know. People think Benji. that they're brothers. I, I've, right? I've met him. Yes, yeah, I know. Anyway, I am. Thrilled to hear you're a teacher because thank God our Jewish youth are getting this perspective. Well, you're from very it, kind. From, thank I you. mean, that's that's remarkable and wonderful. It's also good, by the way, that we mentioned Tani's name once <laughs> right. because you know there is there he is, is another. He did want to fly out. He well, really Yoni did, still claims to be the hero of the family. I don't know with all the mentions of Tani. I don't Tani, know. I didn't hear Tani <laughs> being picking up anybody and putting Tani him on the counter. Tani is a hero <laughs> himself. Thank God. They're both wonderful. It very different. It is America. Yoni is. Closing this interview out. <laughs> he's mean, like, they're done. He's, he's turning red like he always does. Unbelievable. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com, on the NachumSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. And just for the record, before yes. you uh, before we wrap up this conversation, Mrs. Pollock, it did sound when you brought it up. That the whole sports things bothers you a little bit. It doesn't bo- bother me. It doesn't Shalom. bother. Me. I'm so a big Bikias person. You know, uh-huh. one of these Chidon Tanach right. winners from Canada, 41 years. Seriously? Ago. Yes. First Ma- place. Montreal. Yeah. Wow, Kala Kavod. Thank you. Unbelievable. So, <laughs> I, you, so I you, guess it wore off in Yoni in different ways. <laughs> right. So you've seen that acumen. Torah im derech I'll give you right? an example. My boys, <laughs> my boys and I are sitting at a Triple A baseball game, and I and I say and I and I say to one of my sons, <laughs> I say to one of my sons, you know, where's this third baseman from or something like that? And he goes, Who do you think I am, Yoni Pollock? <laughs> so you know I, that he would know every player on all these minor league teams. Anyway, thank right. you. You've taught me my a great. Pleasure. It was worth coming to Houston. Oh, that's a great honor. Thank to you. Be, you put a smile to my face. It's thank. Thank you. You, you, but 
to make, sit you through this to sit through this Musser schmooze <laughs> and hear what life is really about and what we should cherish yes. and what we should regard as precious. And that the 50 pair of shoes and all the other things that many people might have are really nothing in the, in the big picture. That's a very important right. message. I only have 30 pair, but I did have 80 hats because I sold hats. But no longer. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. And thank Please. you for Yoni. In all seriousness, you know what we think he of He is Yehonatan, a gift from God, with Natano. Both of them are gifts. <laughs> there we go. Thank you very much. That's Mrs. Pollock. Yoni, that's, a, that's an interview you'll remember forever. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, Colin Lowenberg is here. Colin is uh, somebody who lives here in the uh, Jewish community of Houston and uh, unfortunately also has a story to tell about uh, last weekend. Well, uh, v- thank yep. you for having me, Nakam. Not to correct you, but I oh. actually live now in San Francisco. Ah. I just flew back as soon as there was a flood because my parents' family home ah. got 18 inches of water. So it's your parents' uh, home that were So it was my parents that were, were underwater. Uh, and I, I felt like uh, someone needed to come back and, and help take care of uh, the mess. Well, that's another beloved and dedicated son, to say the least, that we're meeting here today. Um, when you got there, what stage were they at? Uh, so when I got there, uh, it was like day one and they had just gotten out you know their basic essentials and we tuesday ish wednesday ish of last week it was it was it was thursday oh, that when they thursday. really got back in right. and it was starting to set in what was about to happen and i started showing them videos of what houses needed to look like walls ripped out carpets gutted nothing in the house and we still had 40 years of tchotchkes all <laughs> over the house and no no is an impossible task to get all of that out there. And so my first thing I want to say is thank you to the Jewish Federation and the JCC in Houston because they were the first ones on the scene. I put one Facebook message out there and immediately Zach Silverman got uh, a crew to my house and immediately volunteers with JCC name tags were pulling tchotchkes out left and right, finding really interesting things, actually. So it was, it was uh, you know, they, they, they really got in the spirit of things and tried to cheer my parents up, too. How are they doing now, your parents? Uh, they're doing fine. Uh, they're, they're real soldiers. Uh, fortunately, their health is really good. Uh, I think, you know, emotionally, it's extremely draining. Uh, being out in the hot sun is exhausting. You can just drink water all day, and you never have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's a, that's a tip to keep in mind yeah. when visiting Houston. Yeah. Uh, you grew up in this area, I assume. Uh, I did. I did. I grew up here. So I also got to see a lot of those random items from when I was little, right. like my stuffed animals. But do you remember storms from yeah. your childhood or not? There were storms. There was hard hail. There was hurricanes that knocked buildings down. But this was the first time that the flood reached us. And we're just three blocks from the bayou. So our neighbors behind us threaded three times, neighbors one block over, four times. So it just keeps growing and growing, the floodplain. Aside from finding memories and seeing things that you hadn't seen in 30 years, what, what else is going through your mind as this whole process is taking place of literally taking the contents of the house and bringing them outside? Uh, weirdly enough, my, my mind went to my stuffed animals. Uh, <laughs> I, I was like, you know, they can fend for themselves. Stuffed animals know how to handle themselves. They're tough. Uh, huh? But apparently all the fabric has to go. So mold gets into everything. So you need to get rid of so much, um, you know, and it's gotta be done quickly. Yes. And well, I guess, uh, you know, I was mostly worried about my parents just making sure that they can handle this and they can be through it. Uh, but it was really reassuring when the volunteers could come take care of all the manual labor and they really, uh, help my parents out emotionally and financially and physically. Uh, and when I say emotionally, I mean, you know, rabbis are there, uh, on scene, you know, hugging my mom when when 
things get rough and you see all your clothes going to the dump. Have they uh, spoken to you about their future plans yet? Have any idea what their intentions are? You know, I I, I, I feel like it's inappropriate to comment on that, but I, I'll tell you what I told them is, you know, you should just get up and move to San Francisco and, and let's live with me. But I think Texans, you can take the Texan out of Texas, but you can't take the Texas out of a Texan. So I think they're pretty hard rooted here and the community uh, strength around here is very strong. So I think it actually kind of tied them more to the area, just the response and like the flood of volunteers outweighs the flood of water. Did you have, uh, like we had in New York, did you have a lot of people in San Francisco very concerned about what was going on down here? You know, uh, all my friends went to Burning Man. Um, <laughs> but but at the same time... I didn't realize that was the same yeah. weekend. That's exactly uh, right. <laughs> so, so they were all refugees in a desert while I was, I was here trying to help people in the water. Um, but yes, uh, my San Francisco friends and the company, I work for Cisco Systems and Cisco Meraki. We sent people down here. The ITDRC actually set up some Wi-Fi at the... The JCC tennis courts for the for the JCC employees to have an office while they build a preschool on the tennis courts. So my, I got my company's backing and they sent gear down to have, you know, help out uh, in our own, you know, sort of techie Silicon Valley way. Unbelievable. You have siblings or not? I do, but my sister's pregnant. So I said, you are not coming down. And my brother is in the midst of another pregnancy. So it's sort of, uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that yet. You eh. know? <laughs> oh, well, who's going to hear it? <laughs> uh, all right. So privileged information yeah. for those who are tuned in uh well colin lowenberg um a pleasure meeting you and Thank uh, you. uh and if you were at my house uh we found a broadsword i would knight you as well for you know doing so much to raise awareness and and raise funding for for important organizations i greatly appreciate so. that and the jewish yeah. federation continues to ask people to give it their website which is houstonjewish.org and of course our partners at the OU continue to um, uh, encourage people to give to their disaster relief fund, which you can do at OU.org. Colin, thank you very much. And continued success. How long are you going to be down here for? Uh, you know, that remains to be seen. Right, depending on Until how. Until I'm not needed, and then a little bit more. All right. I assume so. We're meeting a lot of good sons during this trip here at JM in the AM, you must say. Don't forget, we'll be on Facebook Live throughout the day. Mordechai Shapiro joins us later on on Thursday. We'll be uh, have we'll have original content for you during Miriam L. Wallach's That's Life program at 10.30 Eastern Time, during our live lunch between 11 and 1 Eastern Time, during our Erev Shabbos show uh, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Lots going on, plus, of course, Facebook Live. If you go to Facebook, you want to make sure to like the Nahum Single Network page. Make sure to like the Nahum Single Network page so that you are privy to all of the... Uh, <laughs> to all of the activities that we'll be involved with. The one, the only, Mayor K. Uh, what's up? And I am proud to say that we've had some unique experiences already together. Yeah. I, I, I blessed the day that we met, frankly. That's right. I you, think it was a great day. It started yeah. very early that day, I remember. Very, very early. You got up like 3.30 <laughs> in the morning to get to the studio that That's day. That's right. But if we even go back before then, we actually well, met at the at uh, at Perry's um, fundraiser. Remember we at, at the bowling alley at Lucky Strike? Oh, that's right. right. That you had your little arm and you had your little arm in your sling right, over at the there. Broken elbow. That's right. Back, back, back then, I'll never forget that moment. That was a big moment for me. That was a big moment for me meeting you the first time. I of course, appreciate that yeah. very much. No, I, exactly. It was my <laughs> excuse not to bowl. Thank you, Bark. Um, so Mayor K last with us during the Nefesh Benefesh flight. Yeah. We've had a lot of adventure since then. And now, when we invited you to come down here for a day, we are so glad you said yes. Thank you for the invite. We know that your time, unfortunately, is very limited in Houston. <laughs> yeah. So there are only a couple of things you're able to see and do. And I don't even know if you actually met any people in the community, although you did see some people here, obviously, yeah. that have been affected by the flood. 
but but if you walk a block that way, then I, I would guess, which you did earlier, I would guess you already have footage of what has been going on in this neighborhood. Absolutely, yes. I hit I hit the streets with Miriam Wallach earlier, and we saw some. In, in, I mean, just. Horrific scenes, really sad scenes. I mean, coming here, seeing it. Before I came here, obviously, I was in touch with it. I saw what was going on on TV. I heard on the radio what was happening. You see the photos and the the video. But once you're walking down the streets and you see, you smell. First, the the smells hit you first. I mean, the mold and the water that was seeping in through all the the houses. So that that comes in in a woof and takes you over. But then you see, you look uh, through the debris and you realize it's not just garbage. These are memories. These These are moments in people's lives that they had to throw away. I'm going through the garbage and I see a teddy bear. I see a piñata from a birthday party. I see a happy Passover little mat that a little nine-year-old you know, made from 1993. And now who knows where... I mean, so you see tons of these little memories and moments that just have to be thrown away and discarded because of what happened here in Plus Houston. the couches and mattresses and desks and, and top of all of that. and everything yeah, else. And absolutely. And these are all things uh, we were discussing that, that, um, that we all could relate to. These are all, all right. these that we have in our own homes. And to be able to see this on the street that are... That, that, that because they're old or they're broken, just because like this flood came about, this this hurricane and devastated it all. It's very very sad. And to mention that about seeing somebody, actually on the way back uh, from walking around the streets, I did bump into. Um, uh, I saw a car pull over to the side, so. And I was curious. I walked over and knocked on the window. I said, excuse me. And I said, are you guys from this neighborhood? And he said, yeah, actually, this is our house. And when they're pointing at this house, have in mind, this house is a one-story house. Um, In front of it, there's, let's give you some perspective. It's, there was like an eight to 10 foot um, pile of of debris of of of, of furniture and, and clothing and whatnot, and um, and in this very moment uh, there was a couple an old an elderly couple there. The wife was driving in the passenger seat was a husband, and he was telling me how he, he was just picked up from the hospital. He had to be in the hospital. This is his first time seeing his house. Oh boy! Yeah. So from that that was a a, a very powerful moment, and you can see his eyes were swelled up with tears, and it was it was, it was very emotional. And you're witnessing this. Yeah, he's witnessing for the first time. He obviously heard and you're of what happened. Him, I'm saying, and I'm seeing, yeah, I'm seeing this, and I'm, I'm talking about it. Um, so, but, but within the same breath, um, he was mentioning, and, and the wife as well, saying how, and, and gives one's perspective as well. Like, listen, Mayor, this is all. These are all. They're telling me this is. These are all just things. You know, look at look outside. What do we have? We have mattresses, and I'm heard, I'm sure you heard this throughout the day as well. We have mattresses. Yeah. There's furniture. There's even clothing, and yes, there's even some memories. But thank God we have our health. We survived. We have a place to stay right now. Um, they have insurance, so that that helps them as well. Right. Um, and and it makes us want to realize as well in ourselves, like how many things that we have that we are attached to. Yeah, that, but still, yeah. am I right? or Am I the only one? Doesn't that attitude shock you? Doesn't it? Doesn't it does. It have an it element blows of surprise. Me, it, Absolutely, it does blow me away. The hearing, I mean, we, we tell it to ourselves and we right. tell it to others, but when you hear from a victim, someone who actually went through it and they say it themselves, it comes from them, it's 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 unbelievable. It's yeah, unbelievable. No Mayor Kay is here. Uh, is there a way, are you going to, look, I, I'm not privy to, you know, what your plans are in terms of this trip, but often when you go on journeys, you'll sort of make and, and produce and then release to the public some type of video that, like, sums up the whole trip, sums up the whole experience. Sure. Is this one sort of going to be, in your mind, like a message to the Jewish community of Houston? Like one where, you know, we said you're going to come down and certainly put a smile on people's faces, as you always do. Is this going to be like a, an effort to, to, to give a message, one, one of hope and one of, and one of 
joy and promise to the Jewish community of Houston? Absolutely. I mean, coming down, I, I did have that idea of like coming down and, and, and meeting the locals and, and, and bringing that simple and that craziness. Right. Um, however, I think walking through the streets, being here, um, it sort of brings on a more serious tone. And then not to say that um, one cannot be, you know, yeah, there's a time for everything. Right. I think now um, it's definitely for me, it's my first time ever seeing something like this before. I've never been to any um, on site like flooding or hurricane devastation. So for me, it's it's really an eye opener um, to be on site. So I think um, I will be putting out a, a, a short clip of the experience and, and showing what has gone on here. Um, but I think it's more about strength, about about coming back, about not letting one get down by one's circumstances, about staying focused and being positive in the most dire situations. Um, and as well as have in mind that walking around these streets, it's a ghost town. It's all a shell right. here. No one's living here anymore. All these houses that are full of, I mean, it's not livable. So a lot of people they're have moved out. They're unoccupied. So they're all living either by family or by hotels. So um, I got a little lucky, so to speak, with, with this couple here, but I've had too much interaction yet with um, people on the ground. Maybe tonight when um, right. later on I'll be able to. Um, but that being said, it's definitely going to be a message of, of hope and, and, and courage to go through this. And that's something that we see today, how, how people from all, all walks of life, not just Jewish community, but all different types of the, um, uh, backgrounds and ethnicity groups coming together to bounce back and say, hey, we got you. Mayor Kay is here. You, you've gotten... You've gotten some interesting responses since you became a sensation <laughs> from people in really difficult situations. You've in, you've interacted with the homeless, yes, right? A, a category in and of itself. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, we just mentioned the devastation here. You've also seen people who who tend, I, I would say, with your high five video in mind, who tend to be a bit crass or reserved, you know, New Yorkers, right? A bit crass. And you saw them open up yeah. when, you, when you went ahead and, 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 and did what you do, you know? Yeah. That What's the overall message of all of this? What is the, when you see the resilience of people here, when you, when you see the stick to of the homeless you meet in New York, when you, when you see that you're able to transform someone with a kind word or with a gesture like the high five, what, what's the overall message of all of this? Um, I, I think without a doubt is that it's truly that, um, that we're all truly one nation and that we all, and I say that in all, in right, all the whole world, the whole world, mankind. the whole mankind as a whole, we, we all are really w connected as one. And, um, for reasons beyond my, my for what I understand, um, society and different different barriers come in between us. So as we grow older, from childhood to adulthood, and, and the different life and motion, and so what I'm just trying to do, and what the mission I'm trying to bring back, and I and I think is so pure, and so is that we're all truly connected, and we're all connected by the most basic of things, right? The, you know, a happiness, a smile, a hug, a, a, a happy scenario. So the, even when I travel the world, I and I tell people I'm from New York, oh, New York, it must be a really rough place and a tough place. I'm like, wait a second. And I turn on one of my videos and I show them, you know, and like, oh, yeah, you know what? That makes sense. Why don't they do that here? And so like a little light bulb sort of connects and people realize, yeah, it's that simple to connect with the fellow and to make someone smile and to, and, and to make this world a happy and brighter place. So I think if, if anything comes from the work that I'm trying to do and from the scenarios and from the, the, the travels I've been through and the interactions that I've had is that we all have the power to illuminate someone else's life by the most simplest of means. And, uh, and we all have, I think, that responsibility and we're able to do that. 
and we sh- and we should do that uh, because that's what we're here for. All right, uh, I I would never do this with any other guest, oh. and everybody here knows I would never do that. turn on your phone. <laughs> turn on your phone. <laughs> let's, on do, f- let's do a quick message <laughs> that may make it into your video, may not. Oh right, okay, fantastic, right. fantastic. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, yes, you're sir. using the real camera for this. this I see. This is it. This is it. Boy, sure, oh boy. Sure, the camera is on. Hey, he's Mayor K, and he's wishing you a great day. <laughs> I didn't like that one, yeah, Mayor I love K. it. Woo! <laughs> I know. You never believe. Miriam That's doesn't believe this is Malcolm Siegel who just did that. This is crazy. But I, I just felt I had to get into your whole energy. I just had to be part of this. This is it. Change is really happening right here. We're Imagine gonna, that. This yeah. is a big moment right now. It's a big moment. Toda, thank you so much, oh, you for kidding? having me. This thank is really you. incredible. Really. He's Mayor K, wow. everybody. Wishing Have a great you a, day. There it is. I'm Have Mayor K. Have a great day. Hey. <laughs> More coming. That's how I'm ending up my video right there. That's how I'm ending it up. I appreciate that. More coming up from Houston, Texas, where the Jewish Federation of Greater Houston are our hosts for this first of two programs of JM and the AM during our visit. Uh, we recommend their website at uh, HoustonJewish.org. I remind you that we are here uh, as pre- being presented by our friends at the Orthodox Union, a wonderful opportunity for us to thank Maish Bain and Alan Fagan and those who understood the importance of us being here and simply showing some love, concern, brotherhood, and sisterhood for those who are in Houston going through the immediate aftermath of Hurricane Harvey. Go to OU.org for information about their Hurricane Relief Fund. Again, go to uh, OU.org for information about their disaster relief fund. More coming up. More coming up if you keep it here at JMN with a reminder that we're going to be Facebook living all through today, all through Thursday. All you got to do is go to Facebook.com. Make sure to click on the uh, on the like button. Make sure to like the Nahum Single Network page. And if you do all of that, you'll be able to uh, tune in and to check out all of our... Uh, all of our Facebook Live videos. In addition, I'm told that we're on Instagram. If you go to Nahum Single Network on Instagram with pictures and with the comments, I guess, and posts uh, related to our visit here to Houston. So Instagram, everybody. And I thank Yoni Pollock for that. I also thank Miriam L. Wallach. I thank Mark Zamek for producing our shows, Leora Zamek um, for being on the photographic staff in addition to her other responsibilities. I want to thank Mayor Cruder. Cruder, is it Cruder.com, is it? K-R-U-T-E-R.com. Mayor Cruder again has joined us for an adventure. He is in charge of our photographic department this trip. K-R-U-T-E-R.com. If you need a great photographer at your event, you make sure to call and uh, write to Mayor Cruder. Uh, we thank Mayor Kay, of course. We thank Egal Siegel, who's manning the operation from our uh, CFO headquarters. I also thank uh, Avrami, Avrami Finkelstein, working very hard in editing and uploading tracks and files and uh, videos and audio and everything else that he does each and every day for us. And of course, a big thank you to ZK for preparing us with the big engineering suitcase that made it down to Houston, I'm happy to say. And Yoni left it in my hands and actually made it here. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM. Hashem, we are free. Oh, we did. Hashem, we are free. 
bukit bismillah fatih Isyap tu bawa kecohan Abang mitzvah feeling mahal in the AM. Rock Smachot is actually a good message uh, having arrived here in Houston, Texas uh, in light of these challenging times. Eighth Day says Rock Smachot should only celebrate wonderful occasions. Uh, Yoni Z before that. It's a JMAM Thursday morning as we are in uh, Houston, Texas. Jewish Federation of Greater Houston, our host for this show. Uh, recommending a whole bunch of websites including uh, Houston Jewish Dot org, including our friends at the OU who are presenting sponsors of our adventure, our Jewish Unity Initiative, I should say, to Houston, Texas. Thank you to the OU. Thank you to the Orthodox Union. Their OU.org and their Disaster Relief Fund continues to be a very uh, effective one and one that has gotten a tremendous response. And uh, we appreciate everybody who's gone ahead and done that. 
want to thank uh, Steinreich Communications. Steinreich Communications not only a sponsor of ours, but Steinreich Communications has made sure that millions of people around the world know about our initiative and know that uh, that we are declaring that we've got to have our, have our brothers and sisters in mind and we have to help financially and in other ways to help the community of Houston, the Jewish community of Houston, rebuild. So thank you to Steinreich Communications and to all those publications, print and uh, those who publish uh, on the Internet who have... Um, who have helped us spread the word. I want to give a special thank you to our friends at OnlySimchas.com. OnlySimchas.com has really effectively, uh, I wouldn't say transformed, because they're certainly still entrenched in the Simcha business, but they've expanded um, their reach by including many wonderful news stories about the, what's happening in our Jewish world and by keeping people informed about important things that are happening in general. And uh, uh, our trip is one of them. So thank you very much to OnlySimchas.com for being part of our uh, of our Jewish unity initiative. J- <laughs> I got the words out. JM and the AM on this Thursday, plenty coming up, including uh, Charlie Harari and Unlocking Greatness. At uh, 9.30, you'll hear the, uh, uh, the combination of Michael Fragan and Phil Goldfeder as they analyze the world of politics and the political scene in this country on spin, on spin class. Phil was just here. Yoni reminds me accurately. Phil Goldfeder was just here uh, in Houston, uh, literally left yesterday um, to go back to New York, spent a couple of days here. Um, so he'll be part of that. At 10 o'clock, uh, Jew in the City Speaks with Allison Joseph, Miriam Alwalik from the streets of, which neighborhood are we in right now? Myerland. Myerland. From the streets of Myerland, Miriam Alwalik. Um, uh, from here in Houston, Texas, 11 o'clock for the live lunch, and uh, which begins, by the way, with a pretty funny, um, a pretty funny opening when we got uh, to the when we got to the airport in Houston uh, yesterday, and, <laughs> and we were we were we were being looked upon suspiciously when we used as a backdrop for our initial broadcast, a Houston police cruiser, which was pretty funny. Um, so you'll hear that and much more at 11 o'clock Eastern time today. Uh, in addition to that, tonight, the uh, 7, 7 p.m. Erev Shabbos show presented by our friends at Kedem. And kudos, by the way, to Kedem and their, and their uh, Greater Wine and Food Corporation for all they've done in sending uh, different items down to the uh, relief efforts in Houston. Uh, they bring you and present the Israel show um, the Israel show, the Erev Shabbos show on Thursday night. <laughs> I'll get it right. The Erev Shabbos show on Thursday night, and that'll be coming up with content from Houston as well. More coming up. This is a JM in the AM Thursday as uh, we are down in Houston, Texas, reminding the world how important it is to keep our brothers and sisters in this area in our hearts and in our minds. And everyone should do their part uh, financially to help as best as you can. Uh, one of the... Um, the themes, I would say, of this uh, trip is um, uh, to make sure that the that everybody around the world who uh, can give a donation, whether it's small or large, uh, does so um, in the aftermath of this flood to help the Jewish community along. The funds are really necessary, very much needed. It likely will not be enough, but certainly will get everybody off to a very good start as they try to recover down here in Houston. Here's Ohad as we continue at JM in the AM.
here at JM in the AM as we continue on a Thursday morning broadcast, meeting some of the people here in uh, Houston, Texas, uh, who are giving us updates regarding Hurricane Harvey and the aftermath. Natalie and Scott are with us. Natalie and Scott Hausman-Weiss are um, residents here in the uh, Houston Jewish community. Welcome to JM in the AM. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. (laughs) I appreciate it very much. Pleasure. What were the circumstances that you found yourselves in when the uh, the rain and the water was collecting? Well, I was asleep. I, was, I wasn't. <laughs> she wasn't. You tell them. Um, you know, we flooded previously in Memorial Day, and it was an inch. Right. So we weren't that concerned. We thought, well, it prob- we probably would be okay. Is this here in this neighborhood? Yeah, well, mm. about yeah. a mile Close by? Mm-hmm. Right. Pretty close. Uh, so we assumed we wouldn't flood, but then, you know, we kept very close watch on the weather reports, and um, it wasn't looking good as the night went on. So, yes, it's true. I did not go to sleep. 
But um, around 5 a.m., I, you know, I was watching, and I, um, we live close to the bayou, which is very close to here. Right. And so you know when the bayou is breached that there's a pretty high likelihood that your home will be flooded. Um, so I, I was watching that line, so I kind of knew exactly when it breached. Um, How much water got in? We had about three feet. Wow. So that was the problem was that we, ne- you know, we lifted as much as we could. We really prepared. We had our emergency supplies and our suitcases on top of the kitchen counters. And we did everything that you're supposed to do and that you can, you know, as much as you can plan. Our families um, begged us to leave before. And we thought, no, this will be fine. It, it, my, my husband is a rabbi. And because people wouldn't um, come to services, he actually did like a live um a live broadcast Facebook live from yeah. our Shabbat from our from Friday his night. study yeah. um, and people were tuned in because you couldn't leave your home and so it was like davening from afar together <laughs> you know i don't know i don't think it makes a minion but um <laughs> anyway sure um, there, was, there were 1100 people that, on that, that, by the end of the by, by the, the end, end of the by, by the end, end of the broadcast no that viewed it yeah viewed, viewed it. it right but um so I like to believe they, they watched the entire they time. They did not. I was watching. <laughs> but actually, um, we were, you know, my while he was doing this, my son and I started packing a little bit. We thought, well, what if? And maybe we should be prepared to go. And then that Saturday was, it was relatively uneventful until Saturday evening when it right. started raining. And, it, I mean, it just kept on coming. So then this was about 5 a.m. Sunday morning, and I saw the street. And first it looks like a little bit of a just fast flowing water and then it comes closer and closer and you know by the time it got midway up our lawn and we have a pretty large lawn I thought okay this does not seem to be it's not draining um who's in the house aside from the two of you so right now it just our no, I mean then during the episode who's, in, who's yeah. there it was just our youngest son uh-huh. which is really thank god right. because our oldest son is disabled and he's a wheelchair and that would have added a whole other element of. He's in college. Yeah, he's at college. So, he's so and he was watching this and calling and saying, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm really glad I'm not there, but oh my gosh, I wish I were there." So. And I um, thought, I thought we had taken the precautions. I mean, I had gone to Lowe's. I had gotten these bags of peat moss. I got <laughs> plastic. You did plastic. everything they told you to do. Huh? And then, and then Natalie went to town with the with the duct tape. I mean, we were we were going to block it, you know. And then five in the morning, yeah, was the water comes up from not from the front door, not from the back door, not from any outside doors, but from underneath the walls. You know, the the, the, the basement of the of walls. It. You know, and that's where um, it started. And that was at five in the morning. And I, I, my estimation is that we were, we were at our probably at least two-thirds of the amount of water that came in by 7.30 in the morning. Wow. You know, you know at least yeah. certainly by then. And so then at some point are you saying that you have to leave? Like it's Yeah, close? it was so fast. Right. That was the yeah. problem was we, were, we never thought we'd really have to leave. So how does one communicate in a situation like that to, to who that you got to get out of there? Well, we – so there was – a tremendous amount of communication. Um, I have four siblings. Natalie has two siblings. We have friends all over the country. And when they heard, you know, what was happening and then we were communicating and letting them know what was going on. But at some point, someone's got to tell. I think the tipper was when my wife shared that, well, she looked at me at about probably one in the afternoon and said, I knew... uh, we need to go break into that house, our next door, uh, the house next door, I, I only which are words that it was like eleven. Well, whatever, morning. whatever it was, 
which are words that I never expected my wife ever to say to me. Yeah, oh, sorry. They're words that I never expected my wife to say to me, right? You know, we need to go break into that house next door. But the Meaning thing was... for shelter. For, for shelter, right. Because the right. the house that had been there was, was ruined during the Memorial Day flood right. two years ago. And a new house that was built, and any new construction in our area has to be built five feet ah, up. So this house so had been finished a there. few months ago, right. and it was dry. Right. So... My wife said this to me, and I went over there with my son, and then the neighbor joined us, and the neighbor and I were very nervous about the idea of yeah, breaking into imagine, a house, you know? You know, and so he took a hammer and sort yeah, of tapped it. Yeah, there are laws it. about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We tapped it gingerly, right? And then my son, Samuel, with like a twinkle in his eye, said, hey, can, can I take a swing at that? And man, he just went to town and- And got you broke in. It, and we got us in, yeah. And that's where you stayed till the- uh yeah. Well, so. ultimately, it was where anyone left on our street. It was nine nine of us took refuge in this house, wow. and then nine of, nine people, three dogs, and two cats. But um, it really was. So when it floods, the street becomes a the street Literally becomes a river, a river. Right, yeah. and we'd seen that. But then now the river has is in our house, and the water we did not. We would have never imagined that it rose so quickly. So by the time it got, you know, to our hips, we started getting really concerned. It was harder to walk, and it was disgusting, and we couldn't see our feet, and we were knocking over, and things were floating through our house. Um, so you know, we cut the power, so it was dark, and we're wearing headlamps and have you know have all of our supplies, but. Uh, my sister called me and she said, how are you? And I told her what was going on and she said, you gotta get out now. And she said, you've gotta go to a neighbor. Could you get to a neighbor? I said, we couldn't cross the street if we wanted to, we would get carried away. But we could stay close to the houses. And she said, well, go to a two-story house. And I said, there aren't any. And then I looked outside right next door. I thought, except for that one, which is brand new. Mm. It just was finished. It just went on the market a couple weeks ago. It's, it's huge, it's stunning. And um, it became pretty clear what we were going to need to do wow. because, and and so then my next door neighbor called and said, I don't know what to do. What do we, and I told her what our plans were. And she said, Jerry's on his way so that he could help. And Unbelievable. So. Uh, Natalie and Scott Hausman Weiss with us. We're in Houston, Texas, of course. Um, what's your house like right now? Right now, our house is, um, is something to behold um, because it's completely empty. Uh, we so it's we a one had floor house. one floor house. We had over the course of four days. We we got in there on Wednesday, so the flood was Sunday. Right. We got in there Wednesday, and over the course of four days, we had well over a hundred people helping us deal with the house. So we pulled all the furniture out. We pulled all the the um, the hardwood floors, all of the drywall from four feet down, all of the molding, um, and we were. And then Natalie and I were were busy packing everything that was waist high, right? We were we were packing to try to get out of there because the goal of the, at this point in the in the in the, we are now we're flood experts now, right? The goal is you got to get everything wet out of the house, right. and you got to get all your belongings out of the house because because they'll then just attract humidity and potentially mold etc sure. et it's all about so speed. right so now our house today um is not particularly charming um but it is it is dry and it has no drywall and no hardwood floors and um where are you sleeping tonight so we were very lucky a friend lent us a house that he usually rents the bare Airbnb. and so That was not affected by the flood. That was not if it was another part of town. And why do you both 
seem to be so optimistic and thankful? Or am I misreading um, you? You're not. You're not. I mean, we thought we were going to die. I mean, at the time, so we you're happy to be alive. We, well, we didn't. There were just moments when we didn't know where to go or what to do. Um, but it was pretty traumatic. Um, we have neighbors across the street. They're part of the Jewish community. Uh, our street has is um, has a lot of Jewish families, and directly across the street, we know them very well. They were calling to us to help them, and we couldn't get to them at all. So, you know, I was. They were tying um, a, a, um, extension, cords. extension cords around their waist and trying to tie they them, them themselves in. But Wendy's short, and she could see that she wouldn't be. It would, it would. She'd right, be, wouldn't be enough. Pull her away. Wouldn't be enough. And um, so we kept telling them. Actually, they couldn't hear us, but we could talk on the phone. So we kept saying, "Go to your roof," but they couldn't get on the roof. So they were really, really concerned, and we were very concerned as well. Ultimately, we, our families really worked it. I mean, uh, between this, the um, six siblings and a lot of other relatives and friends, people were calling the Coast Guard, the Red Cross, 911 over and over, but they were calling from other states and other cities to try to intervene. Um, and so many emergency numbers that they were finding. And ultimately, we've, there was a boat that we flagged down, but it was for medical emergencies, which we did not have, thank God. So we, um, we asked them if they could pick up the people who were stranded across the street, which they did, and then the people that we didn't know, but there were some other people on the street, so they picked them up as well, and they brought them to us. So we kind of felt like we're going to be fine. We could ride this out for days would, if we needed to. I would add, um, it's interesting you pick up our optimism, because I'm not sure that we're always feeling optimistic or always feeling positive, but I can tell you that I feel incredibly blessed and incredibly lucky, first of all, because... Um, I'm one of the 20%. We're one of the 20% that actually have flood insurance wow. who are in. Mm -hmm. um, you can't not feel a tremendous sense. I mean, I can't not feel a tremendous sense of optimism when over 100 people show up at your home and are willing to give you four, five, six, eight, ten hours, two or three days in a row. Um, you know, people who just put themselves on the line for us. I mean, we, I have, we have to give a shout out to to our, our really dear friend, um, friends Andy and Jamie Lee, who were the ones who- they took us in. Who took us in. Um, and Andy, um, <sighs> Andy rode his bike through the, through the rain and then up on the freeway and said, you know, I'm gonna meet you, you know? And we were walking northbound, on the, the northbound on the southbound side of the freeway, in the middle of the freeway. You know, schlepping, sorry, oh sorry, <laughs> schlepping up the freeway. And Andy met us there, and then he walked us, you know, we were walking, you know, hip high through the rain until we finally got to this, like, little island of air area that didn't get flooded. It's Bel Air, but it's sort of like a north part of, north part of Bel Air. And they took us in, and they had a warm, warm food, and they gave us a shower. They, and they dried us, us off. You know, they dried us off, literally. And, and you know, it was, it was a gift, like, like, like the greatest gift you could ever be given. And then Andy, who's this just incredible person, decided, oh, and I'm going to fix your house. I'm going to lead the whole effort. And he's he's a he's a he's a electricity trader, but he's this wonderful guy who really understands how to do all this stuff, and is willing to give so much 
you know, and I, how can you not wow. feel that sense, yeah, right? That's you know, for sure. Very Anything much. remain from your house at all? <laughs> no for no furniture. Yeah, a no. lot. You know what? Um, I mean, we lost a lot for sure of belongings. The worst was the photo albums and the memorabilia. And like, I don't know. Yesterday, I realized that a lot of just like tablecloths and napkins that my booby had had needle pointed. So that hurts. I know someone. We had so many people packing up everything. Make sure that we got everything right. up off. But you I can't, know those were thrown away because they were soaked and stuff like that was not that that upset us. Scott found his baby book, which was just awful. And um, we were back there. It was just yesterday, and um, our, a cousin was helping, and she found a, a book that our now fifteen-year-old had. Um, made for me in preschool, <laughs> uh, you know, and that was it was in shreds. But I kind of tried to dry it out. I'm going to oh. keep whatever I can. But um, there was a lot of there was that that was the hardest part. Um, a lot of our friends apparently took clothes of ours and washed them and brought them back to us that we didn't know we had. So wow. that was there's, kind of there's still some clothes out there. I'm pretty right. sure. Yeah, <laughs> we're, um, we're, we're, we're here because we're trying to remind everybody in this audience how important it is to keep our brothers and sisters in Houston in mind and to financially support, of course. It's going to be a big effort that's necessary here to rebuild mm -hmm. the community. Uh, are you amazed by the outpouring from around the world to this specific community? You know, I'm not, I'm not so amazed. I think people, this is what I was telling somebody else the other day. I think people really, I think people are good at heart and I think people want to do the right thing and I think on some level, I mean, I, I, I don't like to say we needed this because that's not at all right or fair to say. No. But, but our political climate has gotten so nasty and so ugly, and there's been the divisions have been growing and growing and growing, that it was it's been so, so it's been such a such a machaya to see people come together and strangers helping strangers regardless yeah. of of anything. Um, politics or neighborhoods or politics or neighborhoods or, or otherwise. Um, so I'm not, you know, we've we've seen tremendous generosity. I mean, the people who saved us were some guys from, from California. Cal from California. I, I, you know, in a boat, like here they are. They asked you know? me, where are we on the map? Could you show us? <laughs> and I thought, this is not good. I can show you, but you're supposed to know. And, you know, from there, we, they loaded us into a pickup truck in the back, and then they drove us further. And then where we were, people were being dropped from helicopters. And, you know, everybody... Well, lowered, not dropped. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, lowered on a... Yeah. And all along the way, people stopped and said, how can we help you? What do you need? You need a trash bag to cover you. I mean, we were... Beyond drenched. Great to meet you both. Uh, continued success rebuilding. Thank you very much. And a lot of people around the world really care about the people here. And, well, thank uh, you I hope that's much. evident from our visit. Well, it's wonderful to have you guys here. Greatly appreciated. Thank you to Natalie and Scott. And what a lesson we've learned from them and from others throughout this ordeal about being thankful for everything we have and not necessarily focusing on some of the things we lose. The most precious things, if you still have the most precious things in our lives, uh, we should cherish those and uh, keep that in mind. Um, wrapping it up, we're wrapping up a JMNAM Thursday. I do want to remind everybody that um, coming up, our regular Thursday schedule, including Miriam L. Wallach and That's Life at 10.30 Eastern Time, uh, they will be, uh, she will be uh, including uh, hurricane, post-hurricane coverage in that, uh, in that 30 minutes of programming, plus the live lunch between 11 and 1 o'clock, everybody. 
and um, and uh, our Erev Shabbos show tonight starting at 7 p.m. We look forward to welcoming Mordechai Shapiro to Houston, uh, joining our Jewish Unity Initiative, and we thank him. A big thank you to uh, Steinreich Communications, a big thank you to our friends at the OU, of course, for being presenting sponsors of this uh, Jewish Unity Initiative. It is so appreciated, and a big thank you to Mike Bain and Alan Fagan for understanding the vision of the Jewish Unity Initiative and really encouraging us to get here as soon as possible. Big thank you to our entire staff, to Mayor Kruder, Kruder.com, K-R-U-T-E-R.com, for the uh, photography, uh, to Mark Zamek, Mary Mel Wallach, Yoni Pollock, uh, Leora Zamek, Mayor Kay, Havrami Finkelstein, ZK, Yigal Siegel, everybody who plays a role, it's much appreciated. And a very, very big thank you uh, to our, I would say, uh, to one of our closest friends in Houston, that's Lee Wunsch. A big thank you to Lee. Lee, thank you. Thank you for hosting us. Thank you for keeping us connected to Houston. And thank you for uh, your appreciation and gratitude for uh, the Jewish response around the world that we get an opportunity to view up close and personal. Don't forget the funds, the Jewish Federation of Greater Houston, of course, uh, HoustonJewish.org. Don't forget our friends at the OU. Our friends at the OU presenting sponsors of this program have an amazing disaster relief fund, which has been so effective uh, with funds and with uh, supplies and food coming down, uh, coordinated by the OU and its affiliates, and they need to be commended in addition, of course, to so many great organizations that you could support out there who also have set up disaster relief funds for Houston, Texas. Don't forget Friday's JM in the AM will be from Houston, uh, part two of our JM in the AM Jewish Unity Initiative. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSingle.com on the NahumSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. And that will close out our Thursday presentation from Houston. Uh, tomorrow we're back starting at uh, 6 a.m. Mordechai Shapiro will be joining us. Uh, his song, Machar, has become our theme song for this trip. I do remind everybody that Facebook Live and Instagram and Twitter and all these great social media sites are wonderful ways to follow what we're doing. Specifically, if you like the Nahum Siegel Network Facebook page, uh, you'll be able to see all the Facebook Live material that we'll be presenting throughout Thursday. And Yoni reminds me that Instagram also has great posts and updates. If you go to Nahum Siegel Network, on Instagram, try to do that now. And of course, if you have a friend who has not yet installed the NSN app, have them do it ASAP. Thanks so much for tuning in from from Houston, Texas. JM and the AM, Malcolm Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. Mm-hmm.